0: far be it for me to uh, criticize any, <laughs> anything that you might do <laughs> really uh we have mark, oh, and good morning we have mark Carmen in <laughs> filling I in do. for sports today yes we do and you didn't even say here's mark Carmen. well normally
1: we just go into you know, the, know uh, what It's filling in today okay, get him right. dean get him all right, I will have a fanfare. We have prepared. a special guest sports. I will have today. a fanfare prepared. We don't have for the same
0: o'clock. old Andy Mazur. <laughs> we have <laughs> Mark Carmen filling in today.
1: It's a big deal. <laughs> All right, I will have I will have something prepared for. I'm just saying
0: the ten o'clock hour. You know, the Mark was listener, here yesterday too. Well, that was yesterday. Today's today. Dean, I gotta oh, tell so you. Oh, so it doesn't matter unless you're on. Then huh? that's that exactly it? correct.
2: It's about time you finally figured that out after all these years. <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, uh, well, I just wanted to let you know, Dean. I don't mean to talk out of turn here, but Dave's ego this weekend's been way out of control. Yeah, of course. Welcome to my world for the last forty years. <laughs> and the guy's been kind of insufferable in here. He's, he's driving Burrow nuts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, we love Dave, I'm kidding, it's been, a, it's been a blast. What have I done? What have I done to you? Nothing. <laughs> you've, oh, you've been great.
0: I'm all gonna... I know is I'm going to sit back and enjoy this morning, apparently. <laughs> wow. Uh, Joni Mitchell, who we almost lost last year to an aneurysm, uh, recovered, and uh, she's been doing some concerts, and she's going to perform for the first time ever on the Grammy Awards, my favorite award show of the year, uh, tonight starts at seven o'clock on cbs Glad
1: to hear that yeah. that's the that song's got to go back almost 50 years now
0: you know what i think of when i hear this song bob Surratt. because you first heard bob play it he was a he was an, a subversive fm dj <laughs> back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is bob Surratt <laughs> i use Johnny mitchell free man in paris and, you know, all the AM stations that we were listening to, nobody played album tracks.
1: Very seldom.
0: But that subversive Bob Surratt seldom, did.
1: if ever, now, yeah.
0: That hippie DJ Rob, Bob Surratt <laughs> did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why when I hear that I think of Bob Surratt. I don't know why.
1: Oh, it was Bob from that era. Yeah, it era. was. Early 70s or I so. Want to say 74. 74. Is that right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. I don't know. I like Joni Mitchell, though, and I'm looking for I hope I hope it's an inspiring, moving uh, performance.
1: Yeah, I hope so, too, because she's been at it for many years. And like you said, we almost lost her. And so that's great.
0: Carm, do you even know who Joni Mitchell is?
2: Uh, well, Dean, I am. Learning. I'm going to take that as a no. I'm learning by the minute here. I see that she's 80. I'm, I, I, oh, I, look at you going to the Google. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I'm on, I'm on, the, uh, I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the Pedia right here. She, uh, yeah, I'm, I know the name, but I don't. I think you probably know a little bit more about Joni than me, Dean. Well, Shawnee and I, you know, grew up.
0: Shawnee, of course, more than me. But. <laughs> I was listening to Bob Surratt back then, which I like to remind him of. So was I. I like to remind him that I grew up listening to you. It's a nice thing to say to somebody that they've been listening for a long time, but for for a minute when somebody says that to you, it's, it's like, hey, you want some Somonix, Grandpa? <laughs>
2: I didn't, I didn't know the Surat DJ days either until now. I somehow was that right? Really? I oh, mean, wow. Because he was always a TV guy to me. You know? Oh, oh that's right. no, no. Yeah. There was there were oh, DJ he, days way before. Television. No, I'm, I'm seeing seventy three to seventy nine Way 79. before television. Yeah, he was he was
0: a big deal on FM. He was one of the first uh, DJs, like you know, popular DJs on FM. Him and Steve King, too, right?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Steve yeah. King
0: on on the same uh, station. Steve,
1: on... Well, Steve also
0: worked for
1: FM. an Indianapolis radio station also that I listened to all the time when I was in college, uh, I UNAP.
0: S- I want to say that when Steve came to Chicago, though, he was on uh, yeah, Mellow Rock, BBM-FM. BBM-FM.
1: Was it Mellow Rock or Light Rock? Uh, what did they call it?
0: I think it was Mellow. Mellow? Okay. I was on Light Rock. You were on Light Rock. I was on WCLR. Chicago's Light Rock.
1: Were you on there, too? Yeah. Well, I knew FYR. And I've been around, twenty.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you have. <laughs> I've been around the ball. I know you have. I've been up and down the dial a oh, few I times. Oh, I know you have, yeah. I'm... Some more successful than others. Well, that's
1: true for many of us here. But... <laughs>
0: uh yeah but uh so anyway i'm looking forward to Joni mitchell on the grammys tonight billy joel's gonna perform i saw you know, that on the grammys tonight I saw that please tell me you know who billy joel is I, yeah. i've heard of billy joel oh. okay, thank you very much oh. <laughs> that
2: that i may have to hurt myself if you out to
0: look <laughs> at it who's billy
2: joel <laughs> A, billy joel wow what? He's playing with Stevie Nicks at Soldier Field? Yeah, I that's,
0: that's, that's a big deal. That's going to be a big concert. You know what else I'm looking forward to on the Grammys tonight? Luke Combs, the country singer, who had a big hit song this last year with the old Tracy Chapman song, Fast Cars. He's going to perform that song with Tracy Chapman tonight. That's awesome. I think that's super cool. The Dua Lipa is going to perform tonight you even know who she is, Ronnie? No. I can swing the conversation both ways I mean, to either you or ama- Carmen. This is
2: amazing. The the Dean level of knowledge is just flowing right now. It really is. Olivia Rodrigo? Anybody?
0: Nope. <laughs> she is a very popular... We're, We're really helping you out here. She's a very popular 20-year-old singer. You might know one of her songs. Maybe I'll play a little one of her songs later on. Uh, I'm looking forward to the... This is my favorite award show because it's all performances.
1: More than the um, Academy Awards? Definitely. Definitely. Huh.
0: Okay. Because it's mostly performances. Well, it is performances. They're going to give out the awards. Uh, There is a performer by the name of SZA. Oh,
1: yeah. I had to learn that one yesterday.
0: S-Z-A. I had to learn that one. The first time I said that, I did a story about SZA (laughs) on TV and I don't know what, I, I think I said S-E-A, because that's how it's spelled. That's what S- I would have said. i I'm
1: glad I asked yesterday.
0: So uh, one of the uh, snot-nosed uh, 20-year-old <laughs> floor directors, <laughs> uh, uh, Dean, it's pronounced SZA. Was
1: this the one who didn't know who Jackie Gleason was? No, that's a different, <laughs>
0: that was a different okay. snot-nosed 20-year-old. But <laughs> you get the idea, though. It's the generation gap. How would I know that S C A is pronounced SZA?
1: I wouldn't have known. Like I said, I had to ask yesterday. Yeah,
2: somehow we were doing a story on it. Somehow Ryan Burrow knew. I couldn't believe it. Well, he's a hipster. He is. Yeah, he he knew. He said knew. it with such confidence. To it's Sizza. SZA.
0: Yeah, it's Sizza.
2: Sizza. She's got the most
0: nominations tonight. I say as if I'm an <laughs> expert. <laughs> You know, I can fake enthusiasm with the best of them. If I've learned anything in this business, it's faking enthusiasm. Yep, I know. Uh yeah, hear so, it every Sunday. So, she, <laughs> You did not speak the untruth, my friend. Uh, she's got the most nominations with nine. Taylor Swift, I think, has six nominations. Taylor Swift could break a record tonight if she wins Album of the Year tonight. Uh, she will break Frank Sinatra's record for most albums of the year. Now, but, she's been in the you news. You know who Frank Sinatra awesome. is? <laughs> oh, yeah, hello. Just checking. Yes. Okay. But
1: wasn't she, you know, she can't play her music on this service? Hickory Dickory Dock or something like that? <laughs> what is it?
0: Well, <laughs> she she can. It's been pulled. It's been pulled. Uh, from TikTok. From, uh, yeah. I'm this is what we do mark i just throw stuff at him like this i
1: know,
2: I, I believe me i i've i've heard and i know <laughs> oh,
0: what's tiktok uncle Dean?
2: <laughs> yeah no her
0: her music and lots of lots music of, other of many other artists from Ha, have been removed from some of the streaming services mm-hmm. for licensing reasons. See,
1: to, I know this. I until know they these
0: things. Out, oh, you're a very hep cat. I know these you things. You are a super hep cat. I told you. I don't, I don't question that at all. <laughs> um, but she is, uh, I'm told, is going to be at the award ceremony, but is not going to perform oh. at the award ceremony. Come on. Because she's go. probably resting up. She's probably resting up because she's going to be. Isn't she playing in the Super Bowl next week?
2: Super Bowl. I thought, wasn't it usher? I mean, the big game. Usher? Are we allowed to say? No, usher, usher, and, usher and scissor? Usher, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: not scissor, like what you cut paper with. <laughs> it's
2: not like rock, paper, scissors. It's scissor, right? It it most definitely is. It's scissor. I didn't mean to. But, yes, I, I apologize. Scissor. The, the scissor family.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa Scissors is very <laughs> offended right now. The um no Usher is doing the halftime show next week. But there was talk that she was going to be Because she's obviously gonna be at the Super Bowl sure. because of her boyfriend. That's right. But she's not uh, doing any performing oh, at okay. the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. No. She's just gonna be there and be up in one of the boxes, you know, yelling like she always does. All She'll right. be up there waving
1: to everybody. Oh yeah yeah she should
0: she's very excited mm-hmm. you know who else is nominated for a lot of awards and i know i'll bet you know uh this guy shawani uh john baptiste oh yeah who used to be the musical yep. director on stephen colbert yep uh he, he he can do anything he can do anything he's a musical genius there's an amazing documentary that's out about uh his uh, his wife's battle with cancer, which yeah. she, she apparently has, uh, is in remission now. Lou was talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's up for seven uh, Grammy awards tonight, and he actually may win Album of the Year. He did last year, didn't he? I think so. I
1: believe he did. Yeah.
0: yeah. No. You talk about multi-talented and brilliant. Yep. He is. He is. Yeah. He is that. So for you know, those of you who say I don't know today's music, I'll bet you do know today's music. You just don't know uh, some of the artists, not like we do, because we're, ex- ex- we're we're fake experts. <laughs> you know, the next maybe time, you're not as accomplished at faking the enthusiasm as I am, but that's because I I want to be
2: credible. <laughs> you news people, you news people, and such sticklers for the truth. I believed every you know. ounce of your enthusiasm. Thank be, you. for the record. Oh, thanks yeah yeah i've gotten good at it
0: <laughs> uh sad uh sad to hear the news about carl weathers passing away yeah Apollo creed from the rocky movies straight legend Co- completely completely he was on our tv morning show a couple of years ago something super super nice guy oh, first time i ever met him could not have been a nicer man we're gonna play that interview for you a little bit later on uh, we've got conversations today with uh, Common, Shawnee. You know Common, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Rapper, yep. uh, performer. He is. Uh, he has an Oscar. He has Grammys. He has Emmy awards. Uh, he uh, is uh, still. He, he's performing on Broadway because he wants to. He wants to be an egot. He wants to win a Tony Award too. But we had a fantastic conversation with our old friend. We'll share that with you coming up later on. Uh, we're going to dig into. This is one of my favorite things we do on Grammy Sunday is dig back into the history of the Grammy Awards. Uh, and we'll do that throughout the morning as well. Ah, this is when a song was a song right here. The ever-popular theme song to the award-winning Far-Flung Forecast. I heard every Sunday at this time to disseminate facts and fascinating information each week. Presented by musicologist himself, (laughs) Dave Shawan. Well, thank you very much, Uncle Dean,
1: and good morning, everyone. Please get out your compasses and protractors and newfangled GPS devices, because today we go down south. We go south to Tuskegee, Alabama. Oh, Tuskegee, Alabama is in the southeast sector of Alabama and uh, is very important uh, in terms of African-American history. It was, uh, it's the uh, headquarters for the Tuskegee Institute, a very historic um, African-American college, but it is also the birthplace of one Rosa Parks, who was born on this date In Tuskegee, Alabama, and of course, in December of 1955, she was the person in Montgomery, Alabama, who refused to give up her seat on a bus, uh, thus starting the Montgomery bus boycott, which went on for over a year Until finally, uh, the uh, segregated transit system uh, had to uh, just, they ended up changing the rules and uh, allowed everybody to sit where they were pleasing. But
0: uh, she was from Tuskegee. uh, From Tuskegee, Alabama, born there on the state. We think of the Tuskegee Airmen. Yes. uh, You know, it's uh, notable when you think Tuskegee. That was the first thing that came to my mind, but uh, I'd never knew Rosa Parks was from there.
1: Born and ra- born there and then raised uh, somewhat uh, uh, in another part of the state, yeah. but uh, moved to Montgomery and um, where she met her husband and then stayed in Montgomery, later living in the Detroit area in her later years. Yeah. But when she passed away, she was the first female American, not an elected official, to lie in state in honor at the Capitol Rotunda. Right. What a life.
0: Isn't that a Amazing that there was a time in the United States of America where a person couldn't sit where they wanted to sit on a bus. Yes,
1: yes, isn't that amazing? And you know, I really I, I heard stories about um, people who were scared to death, that, you know, even if they looked the wrong way in a bus, that, uh, sure. you know, they were really kind of taking their life into their own hands. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was just a, a, such a fantastic uh, act of bravery and, uh, you know, was really the start of what we saw all through the 60s and 70s. It's really in the kind of the start of the Civil War, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. really
0: yeah. kind of uh, kicked things off where yep. people said uh, enough is enough. It
1: is also a great way to begin African American History Month here on WGN. We've got a series of reports all month here from the newsroom. And Tuskegee, Alabama, today uh, rainy, 43 degrees today.
0: It is time to uh, talk some uh, medical uh, news. Uh, We uh, welcome back to the program this week. Dr. Jeremy Silver, who is the Medical Director of Emergency Medicine, Northwestern's uh, Kishwaukee Hospital in DeKalb. Dr. Silver, welcome back. Very nice to have you back on the show with us this week.
3: Good to be back, Dean. Thanks for having me.
0: We had such a nice reaction to you being on with us uh, last week. So many people uh, called in, texted, emailed how much they enjoyed your uh, your visit on the show. So we're happy that uh, you could join us again. And we wanted to focus this week a little bit on heart health. February is uh, National Heart Month. Uh, Is uh, heart disease still the number one killer uh, in America?
3: It is. It's the leading cause of death uh, for for men, women, uh, adults, of course. uh, And most people, most racial and ethnic groups in the U.S., uh, every 33 seconds. Uh, someone dies from cardiovascular disease or heart disease and every year uh, somewhere around 700,000 people die from heart disease that's like the population of Boston just uh, erasing from the map so it's a significant um, issue um, and it's also a, a significant financial cost that's associated with this billions hundreds of billions of dollars every year um, dedicated to uh, the cost of, of uh, the illness so um, it's, it's a lot of opportunity here to uh, to make a difference and something that's uh, pretty important.
0: Are men more uh, susceptible to heart disease than women?
3: Uh, men and women are equally susceptible. I think you know in the in the the prior uh, iteration of, of medicine, uh, let's say in the 20th century, uh, classically we thought that, that men were. Uh, kind of special in this regard, but we're, we're learning more and more about women. Right? We actually miss, unfortunately, um, we miss a significant amount of uh, illness in women because of that uh, kind of inherent bias. Um, but I, I'm not aware of, of evidence to suggest that men are more susceptible. Um, there's certain different risk factors for different groups, um, and uh, and and so I think it's important that we all stay, stay apprised of, of the knowledge and education that's out there, and, and that people understand that it can happen to any of us.
0: Yeah. So uh, everybody, listen up uh, while we talk about this a little bit. You talked about the risk factors. What are the biggest risk, risk factors for men and women?
3: Well, I think you know none of us can escape uh, our genes. <laughs> so um, my my father, who uh, was a former emergency medicine physician, used to say, "You can never escape the genetic vortex." Uh, And and so I kind of laugh about that, but it's very true. So I think genes play an an incredibly important role, Um, but but so does lifestyle. Uh, And so uh, things like smoking, um, and as we're learning more about alcohol, uh, that that could play a significant role, Um, but also diet is is hugely important. And then other other diseases of the cardiovascular system, such as high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, kidney disease, uh, all of these uh, these medical problems kind of play into heart health. They're all tied together because the heart is tied to all of those organs uh, through the vascular system or through the arteries. Uh, so there's there's a variety of uh, modifiable risk factors, and then there are some areas that that it's harder to have an impact on in terms of your genetics.
0: Yeah, they're just uh, that's what you're born with. So you you know take care of what you can take care of. You know the genetics. Uh, you deal with the, as best uh, that you can. Uh, so, so where do we start with this? I mean, is it is diet? Uh, you think the biggest uh, impact on this? People being overweight.
3: Well, cer- certainly, um, have, having obesity uh, raises the risk for 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 disease of the heart. Um, and and being sedentary, uh, it's actually significantly important, um, and may may actually in the long run be more important than having a few extra pounds. Um, but simply uh, sitting at your desk, we you know that that folks that sit for a living are have a higher risk. So if you if you sit at your desk all day long, uh, versus somebody who's active, uh, uh, say somebody who's walking around for their job, you're you're automatically at a higher risk for uh, for this disease. So, so, so absolutely lifestyle plays a huge part. Uh, Diet um, is also a a very important piece of this. Uh, And so diets that are heavy in in saturated fats, um, and and, uh, certainly we know that red meat, um, when eaten in excess, um, raises the risk of heart disease. Um, Processed foods, so so foods that uh, fast food, for instance, or food that you microwave out of a box that you get frozen in the, the supermarket aisle. Uh, those foods tend to raise uh, inflammation in the body uh, and tend to increase the risk of disease to the, the arteries of the body uh, and the heart. Uh, so we we try to emphasize the importance of, of uh, cooking your own meals, um, eating a diet that's rich in fruit, vegetables, and nuts. Uh, and if you're going to eat meat, which is perfectly fine, uh, try to make most of the meat you eat uh, lean meat, uh, white meat like poultry or, or pork or certainly fish
0: okay now you you talk about uh a sedentary lifestyle and trying to be active do you buy into the you must uh you know do x number of steps uh per day that seems to be super popular where people's phones or their watches or you know some kind of pedometer is measuring the number of steps people take per day is is that a good way of uh, measuring how active you should be or do you like something else
3: I think it's great to quantify um, and set goals, and and if uh, having a pedometer um, or or a smart watch or, or device to kind of help help you keep track of that, it, it helps get you out of the house or up and around. And I think that's wonderful. I, I don't know that the the data is uh, points to any one particular number, of, you know, number of steps or. Uh, number of minutes per day or uh, amount of output. I just think it, in general, my reading of the literature is the more you can be active, and certainly walking every day is a great um, a- accessible means of being active. Everybody can walk if, if you're able to use your legs, um, and that's, uh, that's a great place to start. So um, I don't have a, I, I don't tell my patients any, any particular number. I just uh, try to encourage uh, more is better.
0: Uh, about how much uh, physical activity per day, uh, you know, and I'm talking about just, you know, walking. Is the, is the point to raise uh, the, uh, the heartbeat level uh, to a certain point? Uh, I mean, is that what you're trying to accomplish uh, with the uh, increased physical activity?
3: Sure. So yeah, aerobic activity where your, where your heart rate is increased uh, and, and you're moving those, mo- those oxygen molecules around the body, um, we know that, that that improves heart health. Uh, I think if we, if we started with a, a number of 30 minutes um, per day, that, that's probably a, a good place to start at. Um, but even 15 or 20 minutes of, of um, activity where your heart rate is increased and maybe you're starting to get little beads of sweat on your forehead, um, maybe your, your respiratory rate is up a little bit, even just 15 minutes um, of aerobic activity is, is found to be effective. Um, so, you know, 30 minutes of walking or 15 minutes of aerobic activity, I think is, is reasonable.
0: Yeah. You know, that's what my doctor has told me. I, I told my doctor, <coughs> excuse me, you know, I'm, I'm busy, I, you know, I don't have time. And, you know, the doctor uh, said to me is, uh, you, you have to find 15 to 30 minutes, uh, ju- you know, just to do it. You don't have 15 minutes in a day to go <laughs> do this someplace. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, ultimately, has said you you can't afford to not do this. You know, you you are at that age where you, you really need to do it. So, it's something that uh, I think a lot of us need to take a lot more seriously.
3: I I agree with you, Dean, and I agree with your position. I think in the in the medical field, we uh, we we like to think about this as an investment in your future. Uh, so, the same way that you put money in the stock market and watch it grow over time. Um, and, and the stock market goes up and down and so, so do our exercise patterns uh, you know in around the holidays we tend to be uh, spending time with family and, and maybe uh, pushing the sweets and, and things of that nature and then january rolls around and we recommit ourselves um, and that that variation is, is totally normal it's part of the human experience um, but but overall uh, making a commitment to invest in yourself is going is going to pay dividends um, whether it's quickly jumping on the exercise bike for five minutes um, or doing some yoga or, or grabbing a neighbor or your partner and, and taking a walk, uh, whatever whatever that means to you, anything is better than nothing.
0: Yep, that's exactly. You, you may as well have taken the words right out of my, my physician's mouth. Uh, I, I think all you people must talk to each other.
3: we we called each other before I uh, I called in today yes (laughs) yes, apparently Apparently,
0: I'm feeling very guilty right now (laughs) Uh, what about all these uh, weight loss medicines that are uh, out there now these injectables that people are taking the Ozempics and Mongeros and I I forget the name of them all seems to be uh, doing a a fairly good job with uh, weight loss are you uh, a fan of those?
3: well I think Uh, You have to be careful um, about jumping on the bandwagon with with new uh, medicine. Um, I will say that the the data out of the trials that led to these drugs kind of coming into uh, popular culture looks really, really good, particularly for people with diabetes. Um, These drugs are going to be life-saving for that segment of the population. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, But when it comes to to folks that are using the drugs simply for weight loss, I'm not sure that the jury's out yet on um, what the potential other side effects may be. Um, So there's very obvious physical changes, and and some of those are quite pleasing to folks. You you lose uh, kind of that that double chin that you're trying to get rid of or maybe a little bit of uh, girth around the waist. And, and that, that feels good when you look in the mirror and, and you see a, a healthier-looking person looking back at you. There, there's nothing wrong with feeling good about that. Um, but, but these drugs do carry with them some side effects and um, a lot of GI side effects, um, meaning the side effects of the gut, uh, so the cramping, abdominal pain, gas, et cetera. Um, but I also think, you know, down the line, five ten 10 years from now, we'll have a better sense of kind of what the overall impact is going to be. So uh, I would just say, you know, I think cautiously optimistic, but also tincture of time will will tell us more.
0: Yeah. What about, uh, I I, I want to uh, uh, open up the phone line and the text line for Dr. Jeremy Silver. Uh, If you have uh, questions, if you have comments, 312-981-7200 to get some of your medical questions uh, answered. But I wanted to talk a little bit more, go back to uh, American Heart Month and talk about uh, some of the, the testing uh, that people uh, have available to them to see what shape their heart is in right now. I've always, uh, you know, heard about stress tests and you get on the treadmill and you're all wired up and, you know, you go through all of that stuff. I've done that uh, several times. Is that still the, the, the best and greatest way of measuring uh, your heart health?
3: Sure. I I think uh, just to take a step back, Dean, and and say, you know, just to remind folks that the heart is the pump that pumps blood around the body. uh, And that blood, uh, the the whole uh, reason for being of blood is that it carries oxygen that you breathe into all the organs in your body and and helps them function. And so when that pump uh, becomes dysfunctional, uh, then your oxygen delivery becomes dysfunctional and all of your organs can suffer. So it's absolutely critical to whole body health and longevity uh, that the heart is able to function. And so there's a variety of um, ways of, of looking at that function, uh, one of which is, is certainly symptoms. So if you're uh, doing your daily jog and uh, you're having chest pain, that, that would be a red flag that you need to go and get looked at. And so I would start with the most basic of tests. And How do you feel? Um, on the other hand, if you get on your bike and you, you go for a 40-mile bike ride to come home and feel great, that's a great stress test right there. Um, so, so I think um, starting with the, the most basic of things is, is how do you feel when you're active. And if you're feeling lousy when you're active, then please see, see your, your uh, provider, your physician or nurse practitioner. Um, in terms of the, the uh, tests that we can provide, there's, there's a variety of different tests. But As you mentioned, the walking treadmill test. For folks that can't, can't do that, maybe they have bad knees or hips or um, or, or for, some, for some other reason are able to tolerate that, there's uh, nuclear imaging that we do where uh, the person can sit and a drug is injected into the bloodstream that mimics uh, activity and gets the heart rate pumping and then uh, pictures are taken of the heart and you can see if, if areas of the heart aren't, aren't uh, functioning normally in that regard. There's a variety of other tests that are now available. There's something called a coronary calcium score, uh, which is a CT uh, scan. Uh, so the, the heart is essentially, uh, you take pictures of the heart and look at the coronary arteries and measure. radiologists measure the calcium uh, deposits, and they can, they can sort of generate a risk score based on that. Um, and, and certainly uh, other tests such as cardiac MRI are available for certain types of conditions, uh, so there's 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 truly a, a wide wide array of tests, different different tests for different folks, depending on what the the uh, cardiologist thinks would be most appropriate.
0: Seven oh eight area code says my family is loaded with a history of heart bypasses and widow makers. Uh, how hereditary is heart disease?
3: Uh, extremely. <laughs> I'm glad that that person um, uh, reached out. Uh, my, my first response would be that I, I hope that you have a, a primary care physician that you've spoken about this with, uh, and if you don't have one, uh, I would encourage you to to reach out and, and try and identify one if, if you have health insurance or your health insurance plan. Um, but uh, but it, it is hereditary, and when you, when you hear that, um, that that perks my ears up as an ER doctor. If, if that person came in to see me in the emergency room, I'd, I'd immediately uh, ratchet up their risk in the back of my mind to a to a much higher level. Um, that being said, um, that's only one part of the, the the picture. So you have to gather more data, uh, but it, but it definitely
4: plays a huge huge role.
0: In talking about uh, the widowmaker, are are those um, uh, I, I guess you might say congenital uh, conditions of the heart that you were talking about before? uh things which are uh you're just born with uh, you know a certain condition of the heart and maybe the 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 history of your family's heart health uh those those are things that are you know just uh are the way that they are and uh you just have to kind of keep an eye on them these conditions where you could have a heart attack that would kill you instantly
3: yeah so the the widow maker or the widow widower maker uh, is is uh, they're referring to a a, a heart attack uh, that is lethal um where the uh, main artery uh, of the heart um is uh, filled fills fills with plaque uh, becomes inflamed uh plaque it would be kind of fatty deposits cholesterol deposits building up and becoming hardened and over time uh, blocking the flow of blood and and leading to a what we call a heart attack, that that being the um, the death of heart muscle due to lack of blood flow to that area. Uh, and uh, that left anterior descending artery, or the quote-unquote widowmaker artery, um, that that supplies significant flow of blood to that chamber of the heart that does a, a majority of the pumping, the left ventricle. Um, that's the the part of the heart, that the part of the heart muscle that pumps out blood to the rest of the body. Um, and so uh, so certainly that that's a, that's a concerning um, history and, and something we all want to avoid. That being said, um, there's there are lots of new drugs available and and, and, um, and advances in drug manufacturing that are um, coming out every day, uh, it seems that are going to help th- those folks reduce their risk. So there's it's not, uh, it's not the end of the world. It's certainly not a guaranteed uh, outcome. Um, that being the Widowmaker, um, but I think I would want to pursue those therapies if that were my family.
0: Yeah, 630 Area Code writes uh, on a text, uh, I, I sometimes feel like my heart is skipping a beat, and at other times the beat of my heart goes very, very quickly. Uh, is this dangerous?
3: Uh, it certainly can be. Um, that, that would fall into the category of uh, a problem with the electrical system of the heart. Um, so, as we mentioned before, the heart's a pump, um, and the heart is a four-chambered muscle, essentially. It's a highly specialized muscle, unlike any other in the body, um, and it's susceptible to hormones and can actually remodel itself under certain conditions, so it's quite a unique structure. Um, but it also has an electrical system um, that that enables the uh, the heart muscle cells to contract in synchronicity, um, it's it's really a miracle of, of, uh, of the human body. And so sometimes that electrical system um, either can become damaged over time as we age or uh, there are certain anomalies uh, genetically that predispose certain folks to, as they, this uh, person mentioned, skip beats or extra beats or fast beats. And many of those, what we call arrhythmias, um, meaning an abnormal rhythm of the heart, are, are are totally benign. They're they're not they're not harmful. They just are they're annoying um, and disconcerting. It doesn't feel good to have that normal rhythm disrupted. Um, but what I will say is that that uh, can't be diagnosed over the phone. Unfortunately, I would strongly encourage that individual to see their doctor. And, and, if uh, you know, if, if they felt it was important to get a referral to a cardiologist, then certainly um, if it becomes a problem, we're happy to see that individual in the emergency sure. room.
0: Of course. Uh, is, that, uh, is this a condition under which someone might be a candidate for a pacemaker to regulate the beat of their heart?
5: Sure.
3: Good, good question. So so these arrhythmias, again, the, the, the rhythm of the heart is typically a lub-dub. Love dub, love dub, a, a very stable, consistent, steady rhythm. Um, but for some folks that, that, that becomes disrupted. It either it become it can become irregular, um, or it can become too fast, or it can be too slow, um, or sometimes both fast and then slow. Um, so there's a variety of permutations. It's not just kind of one condition, but many. Uh, and so if, if there is, um, a problem, and either with the heart, generally with the heart beating too slow, um, then yes, pacemaker can absolutely fix that. And sometimes in folks where the uh, the rhythm becomes too fast or too irregular, um, cardiologists will actually go in and zap uh, that area that's uh, that's the culprit, um, and then just completely uh, make the person pacemaker dependent, and that fixes the problem. Um, So there's a lot of different uh, solutions depending on what the issue may be for that individual.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what, the technology is absolutely amazing. At age 94, my mom had a heart valve replacement. And if anyone prior to that would have told me that uh, heart valve surgery on a 94-year-old woman would have been appropriate, I would have said that they're nuts. But uh, it, it, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing how it uh, corrected so many of the problems that she had. So uh, bottom line is, check with your own uh, physicians on this. This is a good month to do it, National Heart Month. Dr. Jeremy Silver, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show today. The uh, Medical Director of Emergency Medicine, Northwestern's Kishwaukee Hospital in DeKalb. Doctor, I hope you have a great Sunday today. Thank you so much. This is the first Grammy award-winning song of all time. Oh, it was the first Grammy winner? Was the first was song, first uh, song to win honors for record of the year.
2: 1958.
0: Oh, wow. Even earlier than I thought. Yeah. 58. 1958. First Grammy award-winning song. Uh, some of the other first Grammy award-winning records of the year. Included Bobby Darren's Mac the Knife. hmm Uh Percy Faith. Summer Place. Seemed from a summer place. Yeah. You don't find too many people in it with the first name of Percy anymore. No. <laughs> he was a big arranger for um Columbia Records in
1: the fifties. Yeah, you know when Capitol chemical. Records had Billy May doing things for Frank Sinatra.
0: And oh boy, what an era! What an the, era! That was the record of the year. So the theme from a Summer Place the theme from a Summer Place in nineteen sixty. And the song of the year was Theme from Exodus, from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Those were the those were the two biggest songs. The Grammys at least uh, for nineteen sixty. You know what the album of the year was that year. The button-down mind of Of Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart, (sighs) who also won a Grammy Award for Best New Artist. How about that? How about that? That's amazing. How about that? That's amazing. Uh, Henry Mancini won for Moon River. Tony Bennett won for I Left My Heart in San Francisco. Hank Mancini, as I like to call him. Days of Wine and Roses, uh, 1963. The Girl from Ipanema. Stan Getz and Astrid Gilberto,
2: who just passed away fairly recently, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, yeah, not long ago, yeah.
2: Girl from Ipanema out of nowhere, I love this. Keep going. That's it's a great song. Good. Yeah. Do, do you know that song? I do, I do. Come on, Chawani. Tall and tan and, and young and lovely,
0: and the, the girl from Ipanema goes walking, goes walking and when, when, she's
1: passes,
2: when she passes, where she passes, goes. goes ah. For anybody who was wondering at home, yes, Dave Schwann was standing and dancing as singing. That was amazing. And who was the saxophone player in that recording? Mr. Stan Getz. Yes, sir. The legend,
0: Mr. Stan Getz. Song of the year that year, 1964. And by the way, that was the year that the Beatles won Best New Artist. And guess what anniversary is right around the corner? Mm. No, Ed Sullivan is. Yes. uh, Like February 11th. The 60th
1: anniversary.
0: You didn't know that? I knew it was February something, 1964.
1: I thought you would have had that
0: embedded because that would have been the anniversary of when I got my Beatles wig from <laughs> Woolworths, Woolworths for a dollar. For a dollar. And stood in front of our giant uh, mirror lip-syncing I want to hold your hand. Now you- <laughs> I have got to see a picture of this. There's, fortunately, fortunately we did not take pictures. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Now my parents stopped taking pictures with my first three brothers when I was born. They stopped. They had
1: no pictures. of <laughs> They stopped taking pictures of me. That's enough.
0: Kids. Yeah, that's enough pictures of kids. <laughs> uh, what else did I want to mention here? Yeah, Frank Sinatra won for "Strangers in the Night." That was later, mid '60s, '66. Yeah, yeah, that was '66. But yeah, those were the first "Strangers brand- in the Night" exchanging, exchanging glances. glances. Carm doesn't know that you and I are going to put an <laughs> I mean,
2: album. We have a duet going on here. You no, know, I got it, and this is—I uh, mean, I'm just really enjoying the show, to be honest with you. If you would <laughs> I like I'm, to, I'm to do something, but this is just too good to—if
0: yeah. you would like to make a guest appearance on our album, more
2: than happy to have you on a trio. Hey, why not? I like singing. Let's go. I'll sing "Strangers in the Night" all day. Dooby dooby
1: doo, doo doo do doo do doo do doo do doo. <laughs> it turned out so right
2: for strangers, "Strangers in the Night." Did you know that it was originally an instrumental theme from the soundtrack of the film "A Man Could Be Killed"? Wow! Did you know that? That doesn't sound at all like you're reading from Google. <laughs> <laughs> right off the top of my head, Dean, <laughs> you are. Wait, the musicologist.
0: <laughs> yeah, Andy Mazur would have never come up with that. He's too busy kissing up to and OB every
2: week. Yeah. Sinatra arrived at 8 p.m. for the recording, Dean. You probably didn't know that it was, it was done by 9. Capitol Records in Hollywood? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, sure, I think. Yes. Potentially. Yeah, look that up. Check that in your Google and smoke it. Well, that, by that time, he had his own label. Is was his first number one on the Hot 100 in 11 years. Well, you know, he has
0: four Album of the Year Grammys, Mr. Frank Sinatra. If Taylor Swift wins Album of the Year tonight, which is possible, she will tie Frank Sinatra's record.
1: I thought she was in line to be the all-time winner. Uh,
0: Not yet. I thought, I thought I read that she was going to tie. I, I could be wrong about that. Okay. I sort of checked out of the Taylor Swift Hype machine a few weeks ago. Did you see the movie, The Eras Tour
1: movie? I saw it twice. You saw it twice. Yeah. Okay,
0: take that, Swifty. <laughs> Swifty McSwiftington <laughs> saw that twice, and I saw the Barbie movie twice. You saw? I know you saw Barbie twice. That's the kind yeah. of man I am. <laughs> That's how much of a man I am. I went to see these movies twice. <laughs> what? Did, what did Barbie get on the dean's list? Uh, I did not give it too high of rate. <laughs> Oh, you didn't? I didn't care for the Barbie movie. So I went back and saw it again, thinking, what did I miss? There must be something that I missed here. Maybe I was in a bad mood. Maybe I was tired. Uh, So I went back and gave it another try. Turns out I was 100% right the first
2: time. Thank you.
1: Was your mood any better after you saw it twice then? No. no. Of
0: course not. No, I just confirmed it's just not my... You know, for a lot of people, they love it. It's great. I'm glad people love it. Uh, It's just not my cup of tea i didn't see it if you're a
2: kid i get it it. if you're an adult i
0: don't no No. i know plenty of adults that went though you know and liked it yeah well you know there's the female empowerment aspect of it that's
2: the best part i think that's what people did you see it i did yeah at least i mean well i should say you went to see it no i saw it at home i and i Made it through, oh, I don't okay. know, three quarters. You saw I it at home it and made it through three I quarters. It, through. <laughs> it,
1: it wasn't for me. So you're not a Barbenheimer. Did you see Oppenheimer?
2: No, you did not. But I want to. Yes.
0: That one I really got to see that now. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, you know, some movies are... You know, everybody doesn't have to like everything. Exactly. There's a little something for everyone out there. As the great Roy Leonard used to say, That's why Baskin-Robbins makes thirty-one (laughs) flavors. There's a little something for everyone. Very true. So, uh, yeah, so there's a little bit of Grammy history for you uh, today. Coming up in just a minute, our visit with uh, Carl Weathers, who passed away uh, the other day at the age of 76, an amazing actor. He visited with us on uh, WGN-TV Morning News. Carl Weathers was just so spectacular in those uh, movies. Uh, coming into the ring to James Brown's uh, Living in America with Showgirls and, uh, you know, just that that Uncle Sam bicentennial uh, getup uh, that he wore, because I I think the first film came out, right, in 1976, something like that. Anyway, we lost uh, Carl Weathers uh, this week. They did not uh, release The Cause of Death, but uh, he, we do know he was 76 years old, that he died uh, at home, surrounded by family. Uh, and I only interviewed him uh, one time. Uh, he came on our WGN TV morning news. He was doing one of these fan shows, you know, where they come and they uh, sign autographs. And he couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been more professional, uh, played along. We did a, you know, a silly game show that uh, he hap- happily participated in and had, uh, you know, a, a good time with. But uh, Larry Potash, Robin, Baumgarten, and I uh, all talked with uh, Carl Weathers. This was uh, right in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, if you go on YouTube, you can see the interview, and we're all separated by, you know, how, how all, everyone was back uh, on TV Back during the uh, pandemic, none of us sat close to each other. We're all separated, but uh, still we had a really nice conversation with Carl Weathers here uh, talking about what people ask him about most, which of his famous roles people ask him about most often. I got to tell you, it's
6: amazing to me that over the years, you know, you said over 40, it's nearly 50 oh my in, a, in a year and a half. It'll be 50 years that I've been professional actor. Huh. Somebody's been paying me for it. Yeah, right? yeah. So, the generations are spanned. Yeah. yeah. There's grandma and grandpa, <laughs> yeah. and then there's yeah. mama and papa, uh-huh. and yeah. then there is the daughter and the son, yeah. and then there's their daughter and son. Isn't
1: that so. something? But,
0: but that's the thing, though, right, that it spans all those generations, that uh, these films, all of these films, have become you know such a legacy films. When you take a look at some of these old clips, what do you think about? I mean, the Rocky films, what did you go in? what was in your mind when you went into this with a guy that had never directed a film had done very very little acting and you're in here now with this you know this guy Sylvester Stallone yeah well
6: in all due modesty Sylvester Stallone wasn't Sylvester Stallone there right. You know, right that's what i mean. he, he was no, a struggling that's... actor and so was i so um, you know you look back on it and i'm one of those people who is saying next not yesterday yeah. it just you know yesterday's gone <laughs> yeah. and there is no tomorrow so i'm looking next right now you know yeah. what am i doing and fortunately there's a fan base there that continues to support you know as you were saying about people showing up at these fan expos yeah. and all these kinds of conventions who are fans of these movies I'm a lucky guy. I'm a fortunate guy, and thank God that it just keeps rolling. Yeah. Um, when I think professional athletes who become actors, it's usually kind of an afterthought. Eh, maybe I'll go do this, but you were serious from the beginning. Of, even, and I'm much younger than you. But when I was in school, wait a minute. What do you mean you're much He's younger that much than me? Younger. What, what you the heck is he the about? are you saying? The athletes not.
1: We're not in the theater club, right? No, no, no. So no, where, no. where did that come from? Um,
6: man. I just remember being bitten by the bug when I was in grade school. You know, the first play I did, I was in fifth or sixth grade, one of those pageant plays, of course. And then the next time I did a play, the following year, it was a scripted play that one of my teachers did. And there is nothing like standing on stage as a kid and suddenly hearing...
7: Yeah. But do the a athletes
6: loss. give you a
1: hard time about oh,
6: it? Are you kidding me? When I was at San Diego State playing for Don Coryell and had great athletes all around me, um, Fred Dreyer, Haven Moses. I mean, these guys who went yeah. on and were great pros. There was one guy, a guy named Lloyd Edwards, who was our fullback, giant dude. He was bigger than I was, and I played linebacker. And Lloyd used to stand on one end of campus, and if he'd see me he'd go, Yo! and of course you know i'm going oh my god because i want to be an athlete i want to be known right, right. as a great player you know so yeah it's been interesting with the athletes and you're
1: an, i mean you're an athlete but then being a football player and you know making that making yourself into a a boxer people probably for years thought you were a boxer you thought you were apollo creed you were became friends with muhammad ali yeah
6: many many still do but i know the truth and so do real boxers they know the <laughs> truth they said you know as, as apollo said to rocky you know you you're, you 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 box good but i'm a good boxer okay <laughs> yeah. and that's what you know, The professionals would look at me and say man you you really can move you look like you can do that yeah i yeah. said yeah right give me a minute on film
0: and i'm great <laughs> right. probably so much training and choreography right okay. Go, goes into even the shortest of those boxing scenes oh, absolutely
6: but i mean you know the idea is as an actor what my job is real simple it's to make you believe and if i don't do that then i'm not doing my job so whether it's playing an athletic role or in happy gilmore the oh, the, yeah, the, the golfer insane. with one hand and then obviously playing piano uh, folks that wasn't carl weathers playing piano they used someone uh, else's hands at those hands weren't as beautiful as mine all banged up linebacker <laughs> hands but, but you uh, can sing too that i can do yeah. I, yeah I recorded a couple times for a couple companies and it uh, went nowhere but yeah. i pretended you know yeah. well we got more with carl weathers. Is coming up
0: in Carl Weathers uh, from 2022, uh, July of 2022, when he was in town doing one of those fan convention shows, uh, visiting with us on uh, WGN Morning News, who we lost uh, just the other day at the age of 76. So we have, a, we have something super exciting to announce. Uh, you've heard that Tom Skilling is going to be retiring. Yes. At the end of the month. Yes. After 45 years. Wow. At WGN Television. It's amazing. Um, he's a legendary. He's the greatest. Talk about a goat. Talk about greatest mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah, That's Tom Skilling. Uh, he has agreed to come in studio on this show, spend two hours with us, two weeks from today. That's awesome. The 18th, February 18th. He'll be live and in studio with us. Oh, the 18th. Okay, good. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. 18th from 11 a.m. until 1. He'll be in here and just, you know, taking phone calls and goofing around and uh, having some fun with us. I remember
1: one time I was working overnight with uh, Steve and Johnny Um, back when we were at the uh, other location. In the old dump? I was waiting for you to say The old dump (laughs) the Tribune Tower. I was working overnight with them. Now in the Michigan Avenue's finest mattress store? (laughs) They had Tom come on with what was supposed to be about 10 to 15 minutes to just give a brief overview. We were dealing with a winter
0: storm or something. Yeah, there's no such thing. It went on for
1: an hour and a half. There's
0: no such thing as brief. It
1: went on for an hour and a half. Phone calls, the whole bit. Yeah.
0: You know what I remember when he would do the weather with Bob Collins mm-hmm. in the morning and he'd start talking about, you know, cumulonimbus clouds yeah. and uh, fronts, <laughs> high pressures, and Bob Bob would stop him. Tom, Tom, is it going to rain tomorrow? <laughs> well, he is being more than gracious with his time. Uh, and he will be here in studio with us two weeks from now I today. can't
1: wait, I really. Two weeks from I can't today.
0: wait. That, that's going to be great. It's going be, to be here, not on the phone. It's going to be here, right here, live in studio, 11 to 1 on uh, the 18th, just a couple of weeks before he uh, retires.
1: You know what is really wonderful is I have never really met him. What? I've talked to him on the phone any number of times. I've been at... I was at a convention many years ago where he was a keynote speaker, oh. and he was meeting and talking with everybody. Right. And uh, this was the days, days before phones. So if you had a camera, it was, you know, a larger uh, camera that you brought with you, not part of your phone. But he stayed and talked with everybody who wanted an autograph, everybody who wanted yeah, a picture. He always does that. So I this will be... Oh, I'm, I'm delighted.
0: So I really exciting. am. I, yeah. Yeah. I get to actually meet him. I'll bring, Excellent. bring your Kodak Instamatic camera in. <laughs> bring your Polar. Um,
1: oh, no. Three. I'm buying the camera I bought from Andy. The Nikon D5000. Jeez, oh, here we go. Okay. Great. <laughs> right. I, I knew you'd love that serial number. I or love the model any, number.
0: I love any serial number that you give me. <laughs> Tom Skilling, live and in studio with us for two hours on uh, February the 18th, I hope you will be here with us as well.
4: Sonya, I've, uh, I've decided to move in a different direction and we've
2: talked it over and uh, we're going to have to let you go. Ah, not this again Look, for the last time you don't own this place you don't even own your car <laughs> i think not really
4: necessary to if
2: really anybody involved. owns this place it's me tom freakin Skillet. i could have you killed if i wanted to as a matter of fact hot shot i'm
5: about to kill you who owns this
1: place
2: you little punk go ahead keep running you coward let me go Get out of the way! Well, i sure you going to let somebody out go around way. here.
0: The Golden Girls are coming back to Chicago, uh, one of the most popular television sitcoms of all time, uh, now coming to the stage uh, here in Chicago at the Broadway Playhouse at Water Tower Place, February 6th through the 25th. And uh, here to tell us a little bit about it, is uh the actor who plays blanche in the show vince kelly vince thank you for joining us good morning good morning thank you so much for having me i never get
7: tired of hearing that
0: song right it's same with me uh <laughs> i i don't know what i don't know what it is exactly about this show i grew up watching it i still watch it i mean if i see it in rerun someplace I'll put it on. I, I can practically say the dialogue. I could practically be in your show. That's how, <laughs> that's how much I know the plots and the characters. I'm a huge fan of this show and why I'm excited about the Golden Girls. The laps continue. That will be at uh, Water Tower Place in a couple of days. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about what this is.
7: Yeah, so it's uh the Golden Girls, as you know and love them, with uh, a whole new story. You know, it's it's almost like a, a lost episode, brand new script. I know there's a lot of other Golden Girls shows, and they do kind of a mix of original scripts, which is amazing and super cool and fun, and we love that. But what our show is, is a whole new storyline. takes place in 2024, so it's kind of like the girls never went off the air, oh. just kept going, but but maybe they switched from cable new uh, cable network to uh, streaming platforms so that you can you right. know yeah. have a little bit more fun with it. Yeah, it could be a little saucier. Exactly. Um but yeah, our show is uh is Sophia is out on uh, a bail. She was in Shady Pines selling some uh, medicinal drugs to, you know, help her friends or seniors with the end of life and she got caught by the DEA. <laughs> Rose and Blanche have developed an app for seniors to, you know, uh, uh, find some companionship, if oh, you will, you know, okay. so that yep. they can go and, you know, a little, little dating site for seniors. Okay. And uh, on, on that app, Dorothy, who, as we all know on the show, was always pretty unlucky in love, finds herself a charming man who just happens to be Sophia's prosecuting attorney in her case. So, <laughs> obviously hilarity ensues.
0: That's very very funny, very funny. Uh <laughs> but I would imagine that uh the characters are intact even though everything is updated. It's the characters oh, absolutely that we know and love. Uh you you playing Blanche and uh, all of the rest of the girls uh are as yeah.
7: as we know them from television, right? Absolutely right. When you, I mean, it's one of my favorite parts of the show. Within the first, you know, three minutes, all the characters are introduced, and one by one they come out and they say their first line, and the audience just loses it because you know the costumes are, you know, the costumes aren't updated; they're wearing their clothes from the late '80s, early '90s, of course. <laughs> and the set, the set, which is its own character as well, is painstakingly recreated. So as soon as we call, come out, and we say our first little line and our Perfectly honed little, you know, voices and accents. They just, they just gasp and scream, and they're like, "How, how is this? How, how are they here? How are they here right in front of me?" And portrayed by, you know, four handsome young men.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's, that's that was uh, the other thing I was going to mention to you that the uh, golden girls here are, are actually portrayed by uh, golden guys, not so golden guys. You're not senior <laughs> not citizens so at all, but you are. but, no, no. but you are definitely guys. Uh, portraying the for uh, ladies, right?
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of goes back to what we were saying about you know the it moving from cable to streaming. You know, uh, a man in a in a wig and a pair of sensible heels can get away with a, a few few extra things that you know a brilliant female comedian can. And uh, I like to say. Sometimes it takes a bigger foot to fill such iconic shoes. Oh, look at so. you! Look at you! Put,
0: <laughs> putting the positive spin on that. Very nice. Exactly. So, yes. so what's it like? I, I got to think that playing Blanche uh, has to be. I mean, I'm sure there. It's fun for all the actors who take on these roles, but Blanche is such a provocative character. Uh, it's got to be a lot yes. of fun for you as an actor to take on this role.
7: Let me tell you, it is. A, a dream come true as you know we were saying before there's there's a lot of the golden verse is huge there's plenty of shows a brilliant one right in chicago already at Helena Handback. so i've been a part of a few golden girl shows and the periphery i helped out with costumes for some you know i've i've been here and there and i've always wanted to play blanche and then when my <laughs> when my time finally came i was so excited because blanche is it's so much fun. She, in her mind, is this tragic Tennessee Williams, Southern, you know, character, this heroine. But really, she's just a good-time girl. And what I relate to the most is Blanche, you know, is never the butt of the joke. Even if everyone's laughing, she's the first to laugh, the last to laugh, the loudest to laugh at herself. And I'm very much the same way. So I, I just love that about her, that she's just kind of this water off a ducks back kind of gal. And You can't get her down.
0: Yeah, very funny. Very, very funny. Tell me uh, about your castmates uh, in this show who takes on uh, Dorothy, Sophia, and um, uh, the
7: Betty White uh, character. Rose. Rose. Rose Um, Well, what a great question because it's one of my favorite topics. I love these guys so much. So much of what made the original show work on top of the brilliant writing was just these four women, these four powerhouse comedians who worked so well with each other, knew each other's timing. That's that's the longevity. That's the legacy of the show is these four, these four brilliant women. So it's just such a treat that the four guys who are in the show also love each other. We have such a good time. We hang out 24 seven, even though we work together all the time. Um, and the way that like the characters have so much to do with like their real life, like Adam who portrays Rose, Betty White, I mean, I I love him more than my luggage, but he is he <laughs> rarely is paying attention. We'll be talking, we'll be having directors, you know, notes and stuff, and it's like, hey, honey, pay attention, what's up? Where, where you where yet? <laughs> so he is so much that just very, like absolutely yeah, very rosy, lovable, yeah, yeah very so much, yeah. so 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 much. And and Christopher Kim, who plays Sophia, is like. Just our little sassy, quick one-liner. He is he is just a very stereotypical Italian grandmother, um, and he takes care of all of us, and he's a baker, so he's always making us little goodies, just like Sophia. It's so funny. And then our Ryan Bernier, who plays Dorothy, I found him as a substitute teacher. So <laughs> one more thing that just hasn't come with the character, and he's very dry in the best way possible, so... It, the casting couldn't have couldn't have worked out any better. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I I'm a, a huge fan of the show and I, and I love all of the characters. I love the actresses who play them on this classic uh, television show. But I have a special affection for uh, B. Arthur as Dorothy, uh, who could just you know raise an eyebrow and bring a room down. Uh, oh yeah, you know with uh, and this goes back to her playing Maud. This goes back to her playing roles on Broadway. Uh, just I- incredible, incredible actress that uh, could uh, you know kill you, kill you with a look, you know. And I, and I would think that that has to be kind of pivotal in recreating this now in your show.
7: Absolutely. I mean, what's what's fun? What's the great dichotomy of our show is it's a it's a drag parody, if you boil it down at the end of the day. But what we have is for brilliant actors who have such respect for these women that it is studied as much as we were doing Shakespeare. I mean, Rose and, and, and Dorothy have master's degrees in acting. They just graduated from Wayne State University. I've been in the industry for 30-some years. I mean, we're very serious about how ridiculous we get to be on stage. So yeah. everything is studied, and, and yes, you get those eyebrow raises. You get You get everything that you want out of these characters.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine. It's funny that you bring up Shakespeare in this, because when I first read about, uh, you know, some of these Golden Girl shows that are almost always performed by men, um, it, it's very Shakespearean in that way, when uh, when uh, men would take on women's roles uh, in these early Shakespearean roles. So not to over-dramatize this a little bit, but it really does go back to kind of Shakespearean roots, doesn't
7: it, of uh, men portraying women? No, one hundred percent. It's been happening since the beginning of time. I know that we're in a, you know, political climate right now where it becomes a different issue. But we're just we're just four actors who are given a script, and that script happens to be us playing these particular characters. Right. And we, you know, put on our makeup and and we go ahead and it's you know it's it's uh, it's it's not like that. So yeah. yes, yes, it is it's very a- when you when you get down to it, yeah. Yeah,
0: this is not. It's not a political show. If 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 you don't want to laugh, don't no. don't come and see the show.
7: Uh, if exactly. You, if, you if know, you... the Golden Girls are such a good, great divider. You know, you put it on Hallmark Channel, and everybody, no matter what side of the <laughs> aisle or religion, background you're into, you're you're going to watch it. So that's what we want to bring. We yeah. just want if you're if you're if you want to laugh, then you're already, you're you're in. You're you're good to go. It's
0: it sounds like it's uh, going to be a real hoot. Uh, well, tell me about your background a little bit. I know that you're from Michigan, but Did you start, uh, you know, doing acting and drama uh, back there?
7: Yeah, yeah. When I was very little, I was about seven years old, and they were doing The Sound of Music at, like, the local high school. And my uncle's girlfriend, who's now my aunt, they've been together, like, 34 years, um, she was in the show, and they needed a little guy, obviously, for that show. And she asked if I could do it because she was in the show. And and then (laughs) I remember I was, like, seven or eight, and I was like, Mom, we need to get serious about this. Like, why aren't I in dance lessons? Why aren't I taking voice lessons? You're slacking. you got to step it up, Chris. Um, And I just never looked back. I graduated high school. I went to school in New York. And uh, I did some touring when I was younger. You know, when I was 19 and 20 and 21, I was on the road. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm good. I'm done. I moved back to Michigan with my family. I started working in, you know, the school system in theater, teaching and stuff, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people do. And then this opportunity fell in my lap, and here I am back on the road where I didn't think that? I would be. How about that?
0: From what part of Michigan are you from?
7: The Detroit area, greater Detroit. Um, I grew right. up in Fraser.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Well, so you're, uh, you know, not too
7: far from home uh, being here. in No, in, in, no, no, no. You know, it's really funny. I have a cute little a cute Chicago land story. We would always go. Obviously, you know, it's a lot easier to get to Chicago to see fantastic theater. And usually you guys have it before they even go to New York. So it's a wonderful opportunity to go see shows while they're trying out. And we used to go when we were in high school. And I remember my senior year in particular, we were on a trip. We went to the Drury Lane Theater, which is now the Broadway Playhouse at Water Tower. They had just gone through their rebranding. Right, right. And we saw a show my senior year, and at intermission, my teacher, my choir teacher came up to me and he said, your mom called my phone. She needs you to call her back. And I thought something was wrong or, you know, kind of panicked. So it was at intermission. And I called my mom back, and she said, your letter came from school do you want me to open it? I want to open it right now. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go ahead. And she opened the letter, and I found out that I got accepted, and I got a wonderful scholarship to the college that I think oh, I'm going wow. to. And I remember being at that theater, and in the first act, I was like, God, I want to do this so bad. I want to be an actor so bad. I I, just, I, It was so exciting to see these professionals working. And then <laughs> 15 minutes later, I found out that I was going to get to go and wow. further my education and become one. And now here I am coming back to Chicago
0: in that very, the very theater, theater at that very I know, theater. That's so fun. Where you got that incredible news. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's meant to be, uh, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. you, I'm sure you're going to have a great run while you're here. Chicago loves the golden girls. And uh, this is called golden girls. The laughs continue. It's at the Broadway Playhouse at Water Tower. It'll open on February the 6th. It'll run through the 25th. And You can get tickets uh, and information at broadwayinchicago.com. Vince, it's wonderful to talk to you, and I hope uh, we get a chance to uh, say hello while you're in town. Thank you so much for joining us.
7: Thank you. Thank you so much. What an honor to speak to you. And, yes, we look forward to you coming to check out the show. It's
0: uh, Vince Kelly Blanche. From Golden Girls, the laughs continue. So uh, I was in Los Angeles most of last week uh, doing some interviews. So I'm on the plane uh, last night, uh, coming home last night. Uh, you ever been on a plane, Shawnee? Yeah, <laughs> I have.
1: <laughs> I have. I just want to set
0: the. So I just want to set the mood. What do you want to? What <laughs> do you want to do about it? So, <laughs> so I'm sitting in my chair. Uh, And by the way, thank you, person in front of me, for reclining your seat. Uh, Very courteous of you. It's my pet peeve. I hate when people do that. (laughs) Uh, That's number one. But here's the number two thing. I uh, put my tray table down because they're about to bring by some uh, beverages. So I put my tray table down and somebody had taken the gum that they had been chewing and stuck it on where the tray table was so i opened the tray table and here's this big wad of chewed up gum that somebody put there
2: that's just lovely Banned for life you should never be able to fly again that's right exactly right disgusting wow
1: um (laughs) dare i ask where on the tray table the gum was
0: It was just, you know... It was just there. Does it matter? No. Like, are certain regions... It's bad enough. Certain regions of the tray table No. better than others? No. No. It's just not what you expect. First of all, I don't even like touching any of that stuff. I didn't do it yesterday, but I should have, because normally, during the pandemic, I would get my uh, disinfectant wipes out. I'd wipe down the arms of the chairs. I'd wipe down the chair itself, because I didn't want my head touching... (laughs) the back of the seat because <laughs> that's how, that's how crazy i am uh i would wipe down the tray table i'd wipe down everything and i didn't yesterday uh but i sure was grossed out by whatever i, I would have been too whatever yeah. pig thought that it would be perfectly okay to take the chewed up gum out of their mouth and put it on the tray table oh absolutely did you say anything
1: to uh any no. of the flight attendants no i mean what are,
0: it's what's it's not their fault no it isn't their fault but what they, are they gonna do well i, I got know. i got some kleenex i took it off and you know dis- oh. disposed of it oh, oh, oh okay all right after i put on a hazmat suit
1: <laughs> i was gonna say with you yes <laughs> i want to know how you got the hazmat suit into a carry-on bag that's what, that's what i want to know <laughs> I, I wear it on the plane <laughs> I can see you standing in line waiting to board yeah. the plane. If
0: you're, if you're ever on a plane with somebody and you see them in what looks like a beekeeper suit, it's probably me. <laughs> oh and here's yeah, a, that's hilarious. And here's another thing. What about the what's up with the dogs on the planes now? I love dogs. But somebody had a dog that somebody had a dog on the plane that started barking. And it wasn't a little dog. It was a fairly... It was a good-sized dog. Sat next to a woman
1: with a little dog once, flying uh, all the way from California back home. A here. little
0: dog I can almost understand. Yeah. Why, but this was like a medium-sized dog. Where was the animal? Well, in the person's arms. That's bizarre. I think... Aren't they supposed to be They're supposed to be to in, be a, in a carrier. Yeah. They're supposed to be in a carry-on case. But this, I, you know, I don't know if it was an emotional support dog or whatever. Maybe but. maybe it was one of those, yes. So can I just bring any animal I want on a plane now? Great idea. You can walk the dog down the aisle. Your
1: Great Dane or I, your German Shepherd I had walking a, down the aisle. I had
0: a German Shepherd at one time. <laughs> I know. There you go. Could I have brought her on the plane? You could have brought her on the plane, yes. <laughs> if I go on the plane with my emotional aardvark that I have... <laughs> emotional support aardvark can you bring any kind of what's the deal with animals on planes are you allowed to bring any kind you
1: want on now well like i said the one i sat next to was in a a, uh, carrier um and uh you
2: know there wasn't there wasn't a problem I like when they're concealed in the shirt and they get, like the head just pops up and they're hanging no. on. That's a, that's a good look. It's a nice surprise. Hey, what's up, buddy?
0: Boing. So the dog started barking. The dog started barking. And how long did that continue? I thought it was the lady sitting next to me that was barking at first.
1: <laughs> so you had gum i had on chewed, the, up,
0: chewed up gum on the tr- on the tray you the had jerk, someone
1: reclining the jerk into your
0: reclined into my lap and then a dog I th- barking i think in some states me and that guy that reclined into me are engaged right now
2: <laughs> the recliner should be banned too yeah i don't
0: even want i mean the, the seats don't recline that much but it's still rude to you know to do that to the person behind you
1: have you ever been on a plane where two people get into a verbal argument no. In front of you? Oh, I had. And a oh. very long flight back from Europe once. Ooh. Are you yelling? They were yelling, and it uh, got a little fierce, and the flight attendant had to go over and uh, do a little referee work. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was not pleasant. Oh, see, that would be fun.
0: <laughs> that I might enjoy.
1: I'm surprised. Often as you fly, I would have thought you might have seen, I have never seen somebody ever. get into a little verbal sparring. Oh, no. And this obviously was between two people who did not know each other, but oh. something, something set it off, yeah. and
0: uh, somebody they got the were arm, Not happy. Somebody got the armrest. Yeah,
1: uh, that'll set off a fight.
0: The armrest will do it. Yeah, I did get into an armrest fight with somebody one time. Did you? I mean, not a not a fight fight, but I would like put my, <laughs> my your upper, arm on the on the armrest, and they would push my arm. Oh, off. they pushed you off. So you know how how does an emotionally? responsible person such as myself react
2: i push their arm off (laughs) (laughs) it's better than a hit to the face good job Dean. did they say
1: anything about the hazmat
0: suit you were
2: wearing no i'm surprised they didn't uh
0: 847 area code says dean you should be flying first class you're a first class kind of guy
1: hey all right (laughs) just the way you are was a great billy joel song i think that's his greatest song ever do you yeah yeah That was from a great album, too. The Stranger.
0: Schwani's theme song. Big shot. I was going to say, that's for you.
2: Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine Park Avenue clothes. Billy
0: Joel rocks. I like Billy Joel. (laughs)
2: Let's
0: see, maybe I'll do... His new song and a medley of his many of his old. That would be songs. fun. That I would. That think. would be fun. That I would like. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, there. I like. Um, what's the other?
2: Uh, uh, did I say? She's always a woman. She's always a woman. She's Beautiful. Always a woman. Yep. To me, I love that song. Yeah. New York State of Mind. Anybody? Yes. I love New York State. Yes. Money. Yes. Bottle of red. Bottle of white. <laughs>
0: Oh, about our singing, Schwanee?
1: <laughs> no. A texter? Uh, a texter. Saying? Yes, a texter. Saying,
0: uh, keep uh, your day jobs? <laughs> uh, 815 area code. Dean, there was a time that I wish I could sing. Now I wish there was a time that you couldn't sing. <laughs> and Schwan- <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the beauty of our... When we put our album out. <laughs> we, we know we suck. <laughs> We know we stink. We sound terrible. Uh, that's the beauty of our singing. Uh, on the text front, by the way, uh, 630 area code, it is not rude to recline your seat on an airplane.
1: Well, I've read where you should ask, maybe, you know, but who's going to turn around on an airplane to uh,
2: call May I? May I recline my seat? I think you should call that person, Dean, and let's have a full discussion. <laughs>
0: yeah, really if you're gonna text us really you should block your phone numbers because there may there may come a time that we disagree with you so much that we may actually call you <laughs> back. I just think unless you're going to Europe, there's no need to recline your seat. It doesn't even recline that much anyway
2: you're in the person's space you're
0: making it worse for the person come behind on. you there's barely any room anyway so you know come on give the person behind you a break for a couple hours it's going to kill you really uh 773 area code dean love the show we appreciate that whenever you include that in any text by the way if you you know put a compliment into we love that uh dean love the show uh, give me a dog on a plane any day over a person
2: nah that's a good <laughs> take okay I do love
0: that. uh dean they used to allow all sorts of emotional support animals on the plane but it was getting ridiculous when someone actually brought on a shetland pony seriously all right how do you do that did someone <laughs> someone brought a someone brought a, an emotional ho- support horse on the plane? Oh, support horse um
2: at one time there was a person who would fly with their emotional support pig <laughs> i was thinking pig earlier dean and his pig but then i thought that was ridiculous and now here we are here we are here we are
0: uh let me see here wait there's uh another oh here i'm so tired uh this is uh, 847 area code i'm so tired of these boneheads with emotional support animals Take some Xanax and whiskey like the rest of us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Billy Joel's A Matter of Trust is really great. My two favorite Billy Joel songs are Allentown and The Longest Time. I agree with that. Allentown. That's a good song. Uh, what well, else? People are people are pretty active on the, uh, the old text line. Well, today. Billy Joel is very popular, yeah. so they would be. Big Shot was written in the voice of Mick Jagger, it says here. Billy wrote it as if Mick was singing it. He talked about it uh, on a Howard Stern show uh, way back, came up with the song while eating dinner with Mick and whichever woman he was with at the time. How interesting is that? I never knew that.
1: But I can kind of envision that, yeah. you know, when you think about it. Think of the way the song is, you know, it's that
0: attitude thing, you know
1: uh moving out you had to be a big shot yeah big yeah. shot
0: 847 area code says moving out is my favorite billy joel song good That's one it's a good one yep
1: it's a good one
0: and it says oh and i do love your show cuz uh if if you when you're going to text in you should really text a compliment whether you mean otherwise, it otherwise you're right. not going to read it Yeah, is e- that it even if you don't mean it <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh yeah, wow. Look at this. I love Oh, I love the song Honesty. Yes, there's another good one. Honesty. Oh, that's such a good song.
2: He's yeah. got the range that, you know, you makes you feel it, gets you up and going. You know, love Piano Man,
0: it says here. Mm-hmm. Uh 630 Dean loved the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we started something. Uh, back in high school, my history teacher used "We Didn't Start the Fire" as a teaching lesson. We had groups of four. We had one or two lines in the song, and then we had to look up and find out who these people were. How hey, how that's brilliant is that? very good. How brilliant! That's is that? creative. Yeah, that is brilliant. Good for the teacher that thought of that. You bet. You bet. It was a great lesson, and I learned to really love the song. Very nice. Only the Good Die Young, Billy Joel's had. Wow. Yeah, think of the songs we've rattled off here. Quite a library. I know. Iconic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very cool. All right, so anywho, uh, Billy Joel is uh, going to be uh, performing on the Grammys tonight. Joni Mitchell is going to be... Performing on the Grammys tonight. And uh, let me tell you, Shwani, tell me uh, when you hear an artist, these are some of the other performers who are going to be on the Grammy Awards tonight, performing. Uh, tell me when you... Oh, well, here you know Tracy Chapman. Right? Tracy Chapman, yes. Tracy Chapman's going to sing her song, Fast Car, with country star Luke Combs. Okay. I know I, that name. I love his version of the song, uh, Fast Car. Um... Who else is uh, performing here? What, I've got the list. <laughs> I do have the list. Too. Is there anything better, really, than listening to me rattle papers
2: <laughs> on the show? Really? <laughs> Honestly, I find it to be interesting to see how long you just go for it. Maybe all the way to eleven thirty news. <laughs> just, just start. We like. had three minutes to kill. <laughs> hey, everybody! <laughs> yeah,
0: listen, listen to me rattle in some papers. Yeah, I can't. I can't find. it. Okay.
2: Oh, wait, wait, here it is. Here
0: it is. I found it. All right. Uh, Bur- Burna Boy, Burna
2: Boy It's going to be performing. Who? Burna Boy. Come on, Swanee. You know Burna Boy. No. Yeah. Do you? He's a nice... Dean
1: loves to do this
2: to me. I don't know Burna Boy. Either. He, he rose to stardom in 2012 after <laughs> releasing "Like to Party." Come on. His early life, he was uh, he was. he comes out of Nigeria. His mother... Is anyone faster on the Google machine than <laughs> Karm, by the way? I'm a big fan of... <laughs> burn a boy gets
0: not it done. Only, not only are you fast on the Google, you can't even hear you typing.
1: Well, that's because he turns the mic off, and then he turns it on when he gets what I he needs. I don't even think
0: I turned it off, to be honest. I could have gotten it done this quick. He's got very, very soft fingers. Everyone knows that about Karm. <laughs> Thank you um billy eilish you know billy yeah oh yeah i know billy eilish yeah uh dua lipa you know dua
1: lipa uh since yesterday what do you mean because that's when we were reading the story here uh, yesterday morning about scissors and um rock scissors and paper that group that's going to be out tonight
2: not scissors (laughs) swanny you would bond with dua lipa (laughs) <laughs> you think
1: so? Yes, absolutely. Really?
2: Sure, she. I mean, you're talking about somebody that's. You know, her ancestry can also be traced back to uh, Kosovo. <laughs> Both of her grandfathers were historians. You and Dua Lipa could do a historical deep dive. Oh, on there's
1: the idea for the podcast, right there. Yeah.
2: My, okay.
0: My new name for karma is uh, Google. McGoog- <laughs> Google.
1: Google. Google. <laughs>
0: On the text line uh, says, uh, Thank you guys. I love the Sunday morning show. I'm listening in Loveland, Colorado. Oh, wow. Hello, Loveland. Hello, Loveland. Hello. I listen faithfully and love your banter. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for noticing my banter.
1: loveland colorado where else did we hear from
0: larry hello uh 314 area Where's 314 is that by peoria uh no st st louis st louis i think yeah hello st louis yeah love your show i'm 72 years old and wasn't going to watch the grammys till i heard you talk about it well they heard us singing too <laughs> figure it can only get better <laughs> yes <laughs> All right, well, whatever. <laughs> you know that's what people say. You I'm not going to watch the Grammys. I don't know any of the artists. You do know some of the artists, for one thing. Joni Mitchell and Billy Joel are two of them. But I'll bet you know a lot of the other younger artists. Somewhere but, along
1: the line, you hear those songs, yeah. and you may not know who they are. And then you put the name to the
0: song, and then you know. Them. I think it's just fun to you know learn about what you know some some new music. Hear some new music once in a while. I think that's nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I work for United Airlines. Uh, Someone tried to get on one of our planes with a peacock. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a brand new book that's just come out called, And Then We Rise, a guide to loving and taking care of yourself. It's a self-help book uh, about uh, eating properly and living uh, a positive lifestyle. Uh, He's a very, very, very thoughtful uh, young man, Uh, and I've been uh, very blessed to uh, call him friend for, I don't know, like 20 years now or something like that. We've had so many conversations both on the air and uh, off the air. He was in Chicago this past week uh, talking about his new book, and I sat down with him one on one, and uh, we learned a little bit about it. And uh, I wondered if uh, there were moments uh, of his life uh, that were more special than others.
5: Well, it, it, it differs at different moments for me, but o- the overall feeling is that, wow, I need this. I need this feeling of being rooted, being planted, being grounded, being um, grounded. And it's times where I'm actually looking at Chicago like, wow, this is where I'm from. This is a beautiful place. Like, you know, there's certain things I look at, you know, because sometimes when I come home it's new things too. Sure. But just in general, the the essence of our city, I'm like, wow, this is a wonderful place to be from. Um and yeah, like I said, at different moments. Sometimes when I'm coming home to work I get less of a chance to just be in the, the roots of, of mm-hmm. what the city actually is to me. But even so, like seeing you, it's like, oh, man, you know, we, we go back. We got a connection. It's, yeah. it's so for me, it's always, it, it always feels like it, it plants me on ground where I need to be. Yeah, I, th- I think I think because we've known each other for such a long time, too.
0: Uh, that this your your new book and then we rise like really resonated. Yeah. That I got a, a feel that you are you're giving like the uh, the essence of common yeah. here more than the rapper, more than the actor, more than the producer, the benefactor, all the, all the professional things that you do. Yeah. This is like the real common right here. Yeah, and how you live your life and you clearly you want to share that. Why do you feel like you wanted to put it into book form?
5: Well, I I believe in what I call the Harriet Tubman theory. Um, Harriet Tubman is the woman, obviously, who got freed from slavery. She freed herself and was able to go back and help her people. Um, I feel like I've been able to access and, and experience a lot of powerful things in life including like nutritionists and foods that that are actually beneficial for my health and information about that including therapy including like being around spiritual leaders and I felt that I owe it to where I come from and to people to share those experiences and it not be about me The experiences are being told so that it can empower you, the reader, the listener, to say, "Hey, wait! I got the same capacity. This dude is no different than me in so many ways. This is just what he utilized to. He had his own passions and gifts, and he to get to those gifts, he utilized these resources and techniques. Yeah, Uh, and I I like that you." I mean, it's much more
0: complex than this, but you broke it down into four categories, basically. Yeah. Um, food, body, mind, and soul. Yeah. Um, could you just uh, briefly explain what each of those are? Yeah. You talked about nutrition already yeah. and okay. what you feed your body yeah. f- for optimal yeah. use of your, your body. Yeah. Uh what, and you're you're vegan. I kn- I yeah. never knew that uh, yeah. about
5: you. Yeah, well, so at I, times I, I, I learned a little fish, something from. Yeah, that. I'm vegan, yeah. but I at times I've been back and forth with fish and yeah. vegan, but the point is I had yeah, i changed my diet a long time ago in in the early 90s when I was 19. And um I'll get to the food as you said I'll discuss the food, but the mind is really important. Um it's one of the pillars that I talk about in the book and and, and I'm saying it's so important because everything we do for ourselves, if we don't have our mind in the best place, we'll never like, truly fully maximize and reach our highest potential. Like even when doctors give you prescriptions, if you don't believe they're gonna work, then it's a chance it may not work. And on the opposite side of that, or even on a similar side, when you're working towards healing and you're using natural methods, You know, applying natural methods Mm -hmm. towards healing, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in it, it, and that's what integrative medicine is about. And I talk about integrative medicine because healing on a physical level requires your mind too. It requires your mind, and also so does so does working out. Like that's why I wanted to tie the mind with the body, because I know like the way you think about your body affects your body, like. It's the difference between being like, man, I'm too overweight to being like, you know what? I, I can improve. I'm a, I want to improve on what where I, where I am right now. You know, I'm not where I want to be. It's the difference in that, in saying the way you talk to yourself right. and the way you think about yourself. Yeah. So and, and I put the soul in it because, you know, spirituality has been the key, the foundation to everything that I do like everything like music even in acting I make sure like I'm spiritually sound before going in doing these scenes Um, and it's just beyond the scenes that's just what I need throughout my day to deal with the stresses and anxiety and I tie them all together and put food as an important pillar because I've noticed how much food has affected each aspect of what I'm talking about it's affected my mind when like I've been much clearer when I decided to eat A more balanced diet and and things that were cleaner and put that in my life. I was just thinking clear. But I also knew that, like, okay, when I was getting my body together and getting the workouts and I'm exercising, I'm eating healthier, if my soul isn't in the right place, then I'm not fully being able to to soar and be at my highest self. And that's what
0: this is about. Yeah, he is such a a, a well-thought-out person. His new book is uh, And Then We Rise, a guide to loving and taking care of self. Uh, Chicago's own Common, grew up on the South Side, has been rumored to be dating another Chicagoan, Jennifer Hudson. Back to our uh, conversation that we had earlier this week with Grammy, Emmy, and Oscar winner Common about uh his brand new book and his brand new relationship with another of Chicago's very own noticed you know you've been on your book tour and i've seen you doing other interviews and talking with you before we actually sat down to do this you seem so happy right now really am i reading that correctly you almost seem a little giddy with your with your happiness well
5: right i mean i think i am in a very happy and peaceful place. Um, very grateful to be there because, you know, there's times where we probably sat down and I was dealing with a lot, but, you know, I could still find my joy in what we were doing. But, you know, that wasn't the overall feeling and sentiment of where I was in life. Right now I feel that happiness and joy. Um, a lot of it is coming from just me, like, Growing through things and knowing that, man, if I just live life and do the things that I know I'm supposed to do, I could truly be in happiness and be present. And if something outside of me affects and is going on, whether it's a family member dealing with something stressful or something in the world, I can deal with it accordingly. But I could still, like I did during the pandemic, find a way to find peace beyond understanding. And that's a powerful phrase for me in scripture because it's something that, that can be achieved, but it takes work and practice. Um, and that peace beyond understanding is something that, and I'm not saying a human being shouldn't feel what we feel, but it is a way to get to when things do occur in life that you still find a peace with it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's okay. we we'll go through the stages. So, to answer your question, I am very happy and life is life is good.
0: Right? I've seen big smiles on your face. <laughs> I've seen you happy and laughing, and yeah. so many times through the years. Maybe not smiling as much as I saw you on Jennifer Hudson's show <laughs> uh, the other day. You were, you were, you were both. I mean, she's been on our show many times. Yeah. I've talked with her. Uh, probably as many times as i've talked to you right you both just seemed so happy and yeah. and content yeah um and y- y- you you did all but say we're in a relationship you right. you hinted every way possible she's clearly a very important person to you
5: yes for, yeah and um man i mean i value her and that that joy <clears throat> the joy of being on the Jennifer hudson show was just what I was feeling. I wasn't trying to be anything but me and and she and I, who we are together. And it wasn't like, let's put this on public display. It was just like, hey, okay, I have this book coming out. I would go on your show if we didn't know each other. So let's just be who we are. And, and we enjoyed it and chose to express whatever our connection is in the way that we felt that we, yeah. you know, so that we can also... Keep our what what we have in a in a sacred space, in a private space, and respect it and honor it, and not put it up for public display because that's not the origin right. of what it is, and that's not what the connection is. So, so yeah. But it was it's fun. It's been. I mean, I'm saying it was fun on the show, and and she's an amazing human being, and I'm so proud that she's from Chicago and been proud before. I've known like. When I saw her in Dream Girls, I was like, "This woman is amazing, and then to see her do what she's done um out in the world and become an EGOT and you know do all the things talk show and do things for the community as well um just and just represent Chicago and black women and God yeah. the way she does yeah it's it's a great person to be around I'll say that well,
0: you know with Valentine's Day right around the corner mm-hmm. uh you know, maybe you can help other people. You're super busy. She is super busy. How yeah. do you maintain friendship, relationship, however it is that you define it? How do you both with both of your busy schedules? And I'm, I'm saying it for other people who have busy schedules that yeah. are trying to maintain some kind of relationship and can't find
5: time to do it. Well, you know, uh, one of, one of the, the, the challenges I had in for me evolving and growing in, in partnerships as an artist, was trying to figure out how to make sure I'm pursuing my dream and still being able to have a relationship. And I think, you know, just the steps I've taken to grow as a person have allowed me to know, like, trust your dream is happening. You're working towards it. You're evolving in it. You're putting the work in that you can take time to nurture and invest in other aspects of your life. Because this thing... You know, when you're trying to just get there and even just survive and take care of your family in certain ways, it it embodies and 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 denotes takes so much of your energy and time and mind. Right. But you know, I've learned that, that it's so many it's other things that are important to me, like spending time with family, like um, spending time with loved ones and friends. If you're in, if I'm in a partnership, being able to be with that person too. So, I, you know, I've I've been able to to actually find ways to do the work that I do and, and still not, not, not one thing take a a L nothing takes a L L like and that part of that is discipline and time management and like also being very clear with, with, you know, you gotta have boundaries no matter what, with people you love and even with your own self, like the work, like, okay, excuse me, I need to take a break from this and go spend some time with loved ones.
0: Yeah. Um, Talk to me uh, about what you're working on right now. Yeah. It's been a minute since we've had some new music from you.
5: Yeah, well, I'm working on a new album um, entitled The Auditorium. And it's with the legendary producer Pete Rock, who has created some of music's, some of hip-hop's greatest songs. Like, they reminisce over you, that him and Pete Rock and See How Smooth have done. And just, you know, he's produced from so for so many different artists from Public Enemy um, to DOS just a, he, he created a whole prominent sound that lasted from the 90s on. Like I, his music is on my, a lot of his music is on my playlist in the book um, for workout music. And it's something about the 50 year anniversary of hip hop that really renewed that, that energy and love towards hip hop for a lot of people. And me seeing that made me be like, yo, it's a space for that hip hop music that has the spirit and energy of what we loved in the 90s. But it sounds it's of today in a way that it's not like we're not trying to go back. And we and and it should be timeless music. I'm I'm praying and believing it will be timeless music. But we we create an album that I'm really enjoying and loving and can't wait to share with with the people. And it's me. You know, in what I do. Rhyming, like wordplay, emceeing, and Pete Rock in what he does. Creating some of the boom-bap basement soulful music that can translate to so many different people because it has a heart and soul. Phil, yeah. Just one uh, final
0: question. If if you could do a, a collaboration with anybody, living or dead, mm. um, d- uh, who would, who would you like to
5: do something with? Well, I would, the first person that comes to mind, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty greedy, so I'm going to give you more than just one person. Okay. The first person that comes to mind is Marvin Gaye. Hmm. And I just love his, his soul, what he brought to the music and his voice and how easy it was for him. Um, Nina Simone is another person that would, would do it for me. So I wanted to give the, the male in the female aspect. And then a present day that is living cuz I would like to give someone who's living. Kendrick Lamar mm. is somebody that I really admire as a as a lyricist, as an MC and just as an artist. And would be somebody I would love to work with. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer Hudson on that list. Jennifer Hudson, that may be in the works already. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For so the new album. I would love I would love yes. Yeah. Um, so that that would be I mean working and, and us creating is something that is, is happening it's going to happen in great ways too
0: uh, I can't even tell you how happy I am to see you yeah, great and see you. Uh, how happy I am for everything that you accomplish and do and uh, this new book is out there right now and then we rise a guide to loving and taking care of self yes. uh, thank you for spending some time and uh all all
5: things great for you yeah great to see you dean you know i got nothing but love for you brother likewise love. likewise thank you yes,
0: all right there is uh common talking about his uh brand new book and then we rise talking about he made some news uh that it hadn't hadn't been out there at all that he's going to be doing a collaboration with jennifer hudson so going to look forward to that and his new album and uh, all of his new projects uh if you don't watch the grammys uh tonight, I'm going to be recapping it all tomorrow morning on WGN-TV Morning News. Schwani, what's my slogan when it comes to award shows? You watch them so we don't have to. Exactly correct. I should have T-shirts made.
1: (laughs) Joni Mitchell is well worth tuning in for.
0: Needlepoint pillows that say that. I watch so you don't have to. (laughs) Needlepoint. Have Aunt B make them for you. Have Aunt B make them. (laughs)
1: She'll do them. She and Clara Edwards
0: can go to work on it. We almost got through a whole
1: show without Without any of her. I had to work it in. I had to work it in. (laughs) I hope she does that song, Help
0: Me. I love that song.
1: Man, that's great.
0: I love Big Yellow Taxi. Big Yellow
1: Taxi, Yeah.
0: Free Man in Paris, we played that a little earlier. Uh, there have been so many great Joni Mitchell songs. And um, so uh, we'll see. We'll uh, definitely feature it uh, tomorrow morning for sure. I mentioned that Billy Joel's going to be on uh, performing on the Grammys tonight. His, I think this is his first time uh, also performing on the Grammys. And a lot of uh, contemporary artists. It's always a lot of fun uh, watching the uh, Grammy Awards. And speaking of TV, uh, a legend... In television is about to call it quits. It's hard to believe 45 years ago, uh, young Tom Skilling came to WGN from Milwaukee and, uh, you know, defined what weather for television weather forecasting has become, not just here in Chicago, everywhere. He's considered one of the greatest television weathermen of all time anywhere. And he has announced his retirement the end of the month on WGN TV. Uh, we're going to be closing up shop over there. Schwane, I don't know if you heard that or not. When Skilling uh, goes, we're just going to uh, close the station down. Oh, that's going to be the end of it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the end of it. <laughs> There's no point in continuing <laughs> for the rest of us.
1: No, we're. Uh, I, I've had people say to me, I hope Tom Skilling never leaves. You know. So that's why I was getting texts and. You know, people saying to me, "What? He's really retiring?"
0: I know a lot of people yeah. have said that. do no, Tom. Don't retire. Come on, let the man retire. Let the man relax a little bit. He's he literally. I mean, he's got a wet like a weather station at his house. Yeah. And the minute he wakes up, he's on the weather maps and the computers, and and he loves it. He's he's never going to complain about it because it, the, he loves it. Uh, but you know he he wants to slow down a little bit. He'll occasionally do a little you know project once in a while, but you know the daily grind of uh you know turning out all these weather forecasts for 45 years. Come on, give the man a break. Uh, I'm sad to see him go too, but I'm I'm sad for us. I'm happy for him, and I that's the way to look at it. Yeah, I have to stay focused that way. That uh, he has more than uh earn some relaxation and uh you know I, I just wish him the best. And I could not be more honored that he accepted my invitation to come in studio with us, uh, not next week but the week after, February eighteenth. Tom will be in studio with us for two hours and we'll take your calls and we'll take your questions and compliments and, uh, you know, we'll just talk about this remarkable uh, career and introduce him to Schwani for the first time. That's I can't right.
1: believe that you've I've never, never met, met him. him in person. Never have. And I'm delighted that he's coming on the 18th. Not only that, dare I say that it's going to be one of the highlights of all the years you've done this Sunday morning program. Those two hours? I, I
0: agree. Guaranteed. I agree. Well, you consider the, you know, the schlock that we usually put out here every <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> to to have somebody well, of quality actually on this in the show, maybe we can get him to sing a song with us. Oh, he would love that.
1: Maybe we can get him to sing. I don't think us.
0: we'd have to bend his arm too far to get him uh, to join. Have us. him have him choose a favorite song. And we'll just join in. You know what would be great cuz there'll be 3 of us. Well, you know, 4 if Andy wants Andy will to be, be a part around, of it, yeah. but we know what would be uh, great if uh, we sang row 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 your boat oh. <laughs> in, in a round in a round. <laughs> How great. <laughs> <laughs> merrily 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 merrily. Well, you know if Life there's is fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you join I in here. You. I tell you, Dean, I, I tell you I love that song. <laughs>
1: Or since there's four of us, we could be a barbershop quartet.
0: Oh how great. Sweet adeline. Sweet adeline. Sweet Adeline.
1: Sweet Adeline. Adeline.
0: (laughs) You laugh now, everybody, but just wait. Wait till we put our album out. (laughs) And we're up for a Grammy Award. You you just wait till we're walking the red carpet. The the album
1: No One Wants to Buy.
0: That's what it's going to be called. (laughs) Nobody likes this. Uh, Yeah, but Skilling... Can uh, we put it out on an 8-track and a cassette? Oh, how great would that be? That would be so cool. I would like to sell it on KTEL Records if
2: (laughs) if possible.
0: (laughs) And do the announcement with the big echo chamber? That would be the best. Uh, Skilling, two weeks from today... Uh, February eighteenth, from eleven until one, and um, I, I I I'm so excited that he agreed to come in. I'm so uh, flattered. I'm I, I'm you know kind of it's kind of bittersweet. I'm sad he's been my friend for such a long time. I'm sad that he's leaving, but I'm happy he's gonna get some relaxation. And uh, I can only imagine how tired he must be from. You know, not nonstop delivering the weather for all of us for uh, for all of this time. He
1: may bring all of his weather gear with him Impossible. after he retires. Well,
0: he's got it at home already. I know that's what I'm saying. He's got you a know, whole thing just set up. He could do what he did. Weather forecast from his house from the house during COVID during sure. during the pandemic. He yeah. did his uh, weather forecast from his house. He's got all that stuff at home already. So uh, anyway, he's going to be here, and uh, I'm sure it's as you say. It's going to be uh, a very. It's going to be one of it's really one of the memorable shows yeah. here on Sunday. I may actually pay attention for the full <laughs> show that day. Usually, I nod off around on ten thirty. To be honest, well, uh,
1: I've noticed you then picking picking you up off the floor when I'm in I the have, middle of my news I have taken naps
0: uh, during interviews. <laughs> uh, <something. laughs> sometimes when the actors aren't so interesting i'll catch 40 wings just fall asleep and yeah. when they get done with the answer
1: you just, oh yeah, oh, yeah yes. when i hear silence huh. i wake
0: up and <laughs> pretend like i was listening the whole time uh anyway so we're going to look forward to that uh are you a fan of curb your enthusiasm at all uh, yes i am it's the final season coming final season starts today it's today it's starting streaming today uh, Larry David is... Uh, decide, call, talk about somebody... Well, Larry David's not retiring, but he's calling it quits on this irreverent... Uh, to say the least. Not-for-everyone no. kind of show. Some people hate this show yeah. because he is a very, very despicable character <laughs> uh, on this show, but it's hilariously funny.
1: I take it Jeff Garland is going to be... Going with him through to the end, or
0: yeah, yeah, it looks like Jeff Garland's uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the all, all the regulars are seem to be in the promos. I don't know anything. You know, I haven't seen any previews. Anything. Uh, Larry David is kind of famous for not showing his hand uh, when a new season comes out. Not even to Jeff Garland. You know, I I know Jeff pretty well, and uh, you know, I've I've asked him year after year after year what can you tell us about the new season? He says, Larry doesn't tell anybody anything until we actually film the the show and then it's out there and then he he doesn't want anyone to talk about it. So I'm going to look forward to it as much as uh, everyone else because of the Grammys uh, tonight. I won't be watching it tonight, but I will record it and sort of can't wait for the whole thing. So I'm going to look forward to that. Uh, I looked to see if there were any clips that I could play from curb enthusiasm. You know, I, there's I don't know. two reasons <laughs> you well, should the, watch it there. The language gets a little mm-hmm. gets a little uh, uh, salty in some cases. Uh, but I did find a clip which I think is uh, in many ways very quintessentially curb. Uh, it's Larry David, it is uh, Shelley Berman, the the you know, the old school comedian Shelley Berman who played Larry's dad on the show. Uh, and they are... Um, Larry is wearing a Seinfeld jacket. You know, he was one of the producers of the TV show Seinfeld. He's wearing a Seinfeld jacket. And Shelley Berman, his dad on the show, wants to know why he's wearing the Seinfeld jacket. And he explains it's because he's trying to get out of jury duty. I would be remiss... If I didn't uh, just, you know, remind you, Valentine's Day is right around the corner as well. It's one of the busiest uh, eating out days of the year. It's also uh, one of the busiest eating out days, which makes it one of the worst eating out days of the year, in my opinion. I, I think that the generally the food is not very good. The service is not very good. Uh, it's generally more expensive, uh, you would be much better off doing something special uh, for Valentine's Day at home uh, but but if you are going to go out if you wanted to you know do something if you're not making reservations right now you're going to get shut out, and you're going to wind up at, uh, I don't know, like White Castles or something, which would, you know, would not be a terrible idea. Didn't they used to do something special at White Castles, now that I think of it, for Valentine's Day, that they would do like some kind of special promotion? And really, what says I love you more for your special person in your life than uh, a sack of sliders and some onion rings? Honestly, I don't think there's very much... Uh, anyway, I just wanted to remind you that Valentine's Day is around the corner, and if you are going to go out to eat, uh, now is the time to make your reservations before uh, they get completely sold out, if they are not uh, already. Uh, but let's talk Super Bowl here uh, first, uh, because I know you know it's it's one of the busiest eating days of the year. Avocado consumption is at its highest on Super Bowl Sunday. Pizza is. The number one food which is served at Super Bowl parties all over America. So, we wanted to come up with some other ideas for that. And for that, we turned to Chef Michael Bonner, who is uh, with the CMB Catering Company. Launched the company himself not too long ago for years. Michael was with uh, the Let Us Entertain You group and spent 13 years at Mangiano's as their vice president of culinary uh, operations and uh, I was honored to be at a charity event where uh, Michael was doing the uh, food for the event it was a special evening uh, which I joined Paul Conrad for an event uh, for to raise money for uh, programs that help people living with autism and the food that was served was by chef Michael Bonner And it was absolutely delicious, Michael. As I told you, welcome to the show. Nice to have you on with us here. And I tried to weasel this recipe out of him uh, for this amazing butternut squash uh, that he had out and uh, would not give me the recipe for this. So this is going to be my goal in life now from now on, Michael, to get that recipe out of you for that amazing sauce uh, that you served. Uh, welcome, to the sh- welcome to the show. Don't make me spend the, the next half hour trying to get this
4: recipe out of you. I, I, in fact, Dean, thank you very much for having me on the show. It was a pleasure. But uh, I, I'm willing to share that recipe with you. It really is more technique than it is ingredients. And uh, it's just one of those things where it's easier to show you than to tell you. So, to explain
0: it. All um, right. Well, well, we'll you know, we'll do it on one of my TV cooking segments, uh, you know, sometime yeah. soon. We'll we'll do it on TV so we
4: can share it with uh, everybody. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Um, It's a nice day here in Chicago and getting ready for a Super Bowl next week. I'm a huge NFL fan, so I'm really looking forward to it. And um, So I'm doing great.
0: Yeah, how how is it going for you? For for how long has CMB uh, catering been up and running now?
4: Well, you know, it's an idea that I incubated during COVID. So um, we have been operating for about two years, but officially as its own entity since November. And uh, it's been really good. It's, uh, during the month of December, we've and some steam, and now we're doing all the work necessary to be a part of the, the wedding season that's ah, happening here right. uh, the next few months. Right.
0: Well, I was wondering, you know, how I'm, I'm you know, you can't be happier for anybody When they launch their own uh, adventure like this, but you know, after being part of "Let Us Entertain You" for such a long time, you know, that's like it's kind of a that's kind of a machine that you know just operates and operates and operates. And you take the very adventurous step during the pandemic, I might add, uh, to start start your own thing. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you know things seem to be up and running and moving and. Uh, you know, establishing and growing, that's all pretty great because you're a pretty great chef.
4: Well, thanks, Dan. Those are nice words, but you said it. I mean, Lettuce is a a company with incredible people. I mean, Rich himself is uh, a mentor to me personally, and he's been very, very supportive of what I'm doing now. So I'm I'm blessed to be uh, in the same network of you know, business with the good folks that let us entertain you. So yeah, that's great. That's a good thing
0: talking about yeah. the the great and legendary Rich Melman, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, so here we are. Super Bowl Sunday is uh, a week away, and uh, you know, it, you know, people can you know go to the store and buy you know things that are already pre made, but you know, it's it's so much better when it's homemade, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be difficult, does it?
4: No, not at all. Just a little thought. You know you can't think of a, a a better matchup city-wise. I mean, if you're looking, I, depending on if you're on San Francisco side or Kansas City, both of those towns are great food cities, right? You know, Kansas City is known for its barbecue, and you know, uh, you know, cheese slippers one of my favorite things. And and uh, I meant to say Kansas. I did say Kansas City, but uh, San Fran is known for the great neighborhoods. They've got Chinatown, North Beach, right? One of the great sandwiches that my all-time favorite in life is from a place called Palm City that has the Italian-American hoagie, which is absolutely great. And um, on my dinner table that weekend, I'm going to be serving a version of that, which is, you know, loaded with, you know, Italian cold cuts or shaved onions and muja, which is this pepperoni spread that I put on there is just absolutely phenomenal So. I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm going to be representing both cities in my menu. So. Okay, Great. so
0: so I want to I, I want to get back to this. Uh, wh- what did you j- just say? A slipper? Something slipper? Yeah, cheese slipper. Cheese if you slipper. haven't heard of this? Okay, we'll get we'll get yeah. back to the cheese slipper in a second. But first, walk me walk me through this Italian hoagie that you're talking about here, because that sounds amazing. Yeah, and it is amazing. And I don't know. And I, don't know I, till, I don't know if I can wait till I don't know wait till Super Bowl Sunday for that. I <laughs> I may have to get that right after the show
4: today. You should. It's so delicious. So basically, this sandwich is made with like sesame crusted, like crispy, crunchy uh hoagie bread or like a baguette, right? All right. And it's toasted, right? It's sliced mortadella sopressata. It's like layered up with provolone cheese. Thinly sliced onion, and then this new jug, which is, like I mentioned, it's a spread made out of like, you know, pulverized pepperoni that has like this really delicious background of meat taste. And so, it's so delicious. So if you, I put you, pepperoni,
0: if I put some pepperoni in a food processor, uh, could I yes. make it, or is it a little more complex than that?
4: No, I mean, basically, you would need to pulverize the pepperoni first. And what I do is I like take a little bit of mayonnaise at the end to kind of smooth it out. Oh. And that is good on its own if you've got some, you know, crusty bread if you want to make a dip out of that. But it's incredible in this sandwich. It's really delicious. So if
0: I got me some pepperoni, if I got mm-hmm. some, well, uh, uh, do I put like olive oil or something in the pepperoni? Uh, while, while olive it oil? Yeah, you're
4: right. You need a little olive oil to get things going in the food processor. Puree it till it becomes like a paste. Yeah. All right. Pull that out. And if you want to make it a little bit spicy, you can add like some cayenne pepper to it to really spice it up a little bit. Fresh red pepper, and, maybe
0: something like that. Yeah, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. That'll give you that nice, you know, zesty thing. And I drop a little bit of red wine vinegar in there too, just uh-huh. to kind of, you know, blend the flavors together. Right, right, And then I thin it out with a little bit of mayonnaise and uh it's absolutely phenomenal. And that's the it's spread. A great
0: that's the spread that will, would go on the baguette or when 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 you uh, talked about the sandwich I was in my mind I'm picturing like a nice sourdough bread um, you know maybe something like that but really any kind of any kind of nice crusty bread would be fantastic. You put this spread that you've just made that sounds super simple to make uh with uh, some some good quality uh, of the Italian cold cuts, uh, that are uh, out there in cheeses, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you like. Um, Oh my gosh, that would be a fantastic, you know, you make a giant version of that, you know, I don't know, two, three feet, something like that. If you can find bread big enough or just several baguettes, cut it into bite-sized pieces, put it out on your Super Bowl table, right?
4: Yeah, it's amazing, but it it really is amazing. It's talking to you about it right now. And I spent some time in my early years in San Francisco, and this is the place that I would go to so regularly because they had such great, you know, hoagies there. But this one in particular is amazing. Just hear you talking to the ingredients, you know, the cold cuts and this just spread is just absolutely great. Wow.
0: That sounds amazing. I'm definitely going to try that. Uh, Michael, I don't know if you heard uh, right before I brought you on the show I was uh you know talking about uh, taking your Valentine to White Castle's for uh, yeah, val- I heard that. <laughs> yeah. And you know what after I I said it as a joke but after I it came out of my mouth I thought wait a minute I think White Castle's does do a special promotion. I checked during the break they they do. Uh, you have to make reservations. For White Castle's Valentine's Day reservations. If you go on their website, WhiteCastles.com, you can make reservations. They put out a white tablecloth and they do a whole wow. big whole big deal for Valentine's
4: Day. Didn't know that. That's news to me. I I, I got a chuckle out of it, but I think there's a lot of nostalgia in a slider like that. Yeah. So I can totally understand it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And you know, it's it's well, yeah. it's hard to get into a lot of restaurants. On Valentine's yeah. Day, and frankly, some people would uh, prefer having a slider over, uh, you know, something, you know, fancy schmancy that's uh, overpriced for val- Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, so just, you you had mentioned uh, a pink slipper, I believe, is what you called it. I, I presume that that's slipper. some. Uh, I'm sorry, cheese slipper. Yes, cheese slipper. Cheese slipper uh, that I, I presume is some sort of Kansas City staple?
4: Absolutely. It's like one of the things that the city's known for. It's a nice little cheesy bread snack that's loaded with a ton of flavor. Aged white cheddar mixed with cheese curds. So you got cheese on top of cheese. You got texture with the curds and flavor from the aged cheddar. Now you can put that on the toast itself, or you can use it as a dip. But it's really, really delicious. If you're a fan of cheese, this is something that you should have out next Sunday. Enjoying it, you know, as a representation from the city of Kansas City. Of
0: Kansas City, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, is this something that I could do, like with a puff pastry? Is is am I along the right lines with that? Like a cheese uh, cheese filled puff pastry, or how how would you direct me in
4: this regard? Okay, if I was going to use it in a puff pastry. I would take the uh, the puff pastry, lay it out, brush it, and indent it so that you've got a little bit of like a little landing area for the curd and the aged cheddar. Okay. Put that in the oven at about three seventy five for twelve minutes, and it should be just amazing. Yeah, oh, just that, and, just uh, that
0: simple. Then just, but uh, you said if I was going to use a puff pastry, would you would you prefer
4: some other vessel for this? Yeah, I, I'm just a fan of like just Crispy, rustic bread. I think this is what you know that works best for me. I think that the texture of the cheese and that crunch is the right combination of texture and flavor. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you can you start with the bread, or I guess you can make your own dough, right? Make your make your own bread dough for something like that. But that's where it starts to get like who has time for that on Super Bowl Sunday, really.
4: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I I was mulling this over, and, you know, one of the biggest things for me is just I want to be a part of the party, you know. I want to choose items that are easy, that I can do ahead of time, and, you know, you can just kind of graze throughout the the game. And, uh, I mean, you can make your own bread, and it's a nice touch, but, you know, I I feel like you'll spend a lot of your time in the kitchen while the game is going. Right,
0: yeah, that's that's a lot of work. Uh, You know, a lot of people... I know we're going to be doing Kansas City barbecue. That's a lot mm, of work. Yeah. And if you're going to do it on a smoker or on the grill or, you know, something like that. I've done uh, barbecue in my slow cooker. And, you know, you, uh, you you set it eight hours ahead of time. It's not my favorite way to do barbecue, but it's, it was, uh-huh. it's pretty delicious. And now it's in a slow cooker, and you just put it out on the table and call it a day.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's the absolute best. Way to enjoy the game with great food, uh, something that you can cook and enjoy while watching the game. I, I don't, I'm not prejudiced against using a slow cooker for barbecue. You take a nice meat that, you know, tenders up over a period of time, like brisket or even short rib for that matter, theme, and you throw some good barbecue sauce on that with some slider buns on the side. That's a great meal. No. Yeah. And it's a great time. What else? What are some other good suggestions? Oh, you know, I, I, I like, um, um, you know, I, I'm keeping, my theme is like, you know, I want to represent both cities. You know, we didn't talk about drink, but, you know, San Francisco, you know, is like the home of Michael Brews, Anchor Steam. You got to have something for your guests to drink. And I think Anchor Steam, where the Michael Brewers out of San Francisco are great. Um, I think that, um, you know, another thing that's easy to do that's representing San Francisco with using sourdough bread as a vessel. You know, they're known for that soup that's in the bowl. Mm. But think of this, you know, you could do that with chili or you could do that with something that's like real savory in that bowl. And it's real fun to pull and, and tear and eat that along, along while watching the game. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's a fantastic suggestion. Uh, what a, I had mentioned that pizza is uh, the number one food apparently that's served – on Super Bowl Sunday, on my uh, cooking segment this coming Wednesday, I'm going to be doing wonton cups of pizza uh, just as, like, kind of a different way of doing, you know, any you, you can order a pizza. I mean, there, there's no there's no trick to a conventional pizza. But just to do something a little different that's uh, on your table, do you have, uh, uh,
4: you know, uh, any pizza ideas? Well, speaking along easy and, like, fun, my girlfriend, Jean, created this pizza made with tortilla. Mm. And uh, what she does is she takes the tortilla and crisp it up on both sides, sprinkle the sauce, cheese and meat, and put that in the oven. you got this really, really crunchy crust with great toppings on top. And that's super fun and easy to do. That's a and great, great idea like and that.
0: sort of is like yeah. the, the ultimate thin crust pizza, right? Right, Exactly.
4: And I I love it. I think she does a really good job with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Uh, Give me uh, me a couple of more uh, suggestions of things that we might want to do for Super Bowl Sunday spreads.
4: Um, I think that, you know, I I always think that, you know, having vegetables out are fun, too. You know, I think vegetables don't get the credit that we should. I think uh, a vegetable crudité is nice, and you can create some real fun dips. You mentioned avocado spreads and things like that where it's like the highest consumption of that. Dips like that are really good. Instead of using chips, you can use vegetables for that as something fun and fills up the table. Um, I think seafood, too, is also a nice, you know, item to have. You know, there's shrimp or you can make, like uh, I mentioned, the chowder earlier. Those are fun. And chili, It's things that you can make in big batches, Dean, and they, you can get them done ahead of time and keep right. warm. You know, are always nice to do if people can kind of go up and serve themselves right. throughout the game. Yeah,
0: and as you say, um, you, you get to enjoy the game and the party then uh, at, at the same time. A couple of weeks ago on my uh, TV cooking segment, I made a kind of, a, I, I guess you would call it a charcuterie board, you know, which is so <laughs> popular now, but instead of an actual board, I put the uh, the meats the olives the cheeses all the things that you would put on a charcuterie board i put on uh, a giant piece of focaccia bread i cut the mm. the focaccia put the stuff on top of it so you could take a little prosciutto some olives some cheese whatever and a piece of the focaccia at the same time and That's it was a would, great idea yeah it's a really different sort of way of serving uh, you know, something like that that you could just put out on the table and let people uh,
4: serve themselves and enjoy.
6: Yeah,
0: it's
4: beautiful, too. I mean, you've got a, a really nice piece of focaccia spread out nicely with the co-cuts. I can see that. That sounds great. Yeah. That's a great idea. Hey, if people... feel steal that one for me.
0: Yeah, please help yourself. and <laughs> Help yourself. When uh, uh, people want to get uh, information about using CMB Catering Company for their next event, uh, Michael, what's the best way to do all that?
4: Go to our website. That's at cmdcater.com, and we have information about our services as well as the style of food that we are able to provide. And it gives a lot more detail about our services and my background. So com.
0: Good deal. C like Charlie, M like Mary, be like boy, cater.com. Chef Michael Bonner. I appreciate you joining us and look forward to seeing you soon, pal. Thank you so much.